Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Desert Island Games on the Retro Online Radio Network with me, John, aka JL76 Gaming. My castaway tonight is Ben, who you may know as T Rex Space Station on YouTube. Hello. Hello, Ben. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting me. It's a really good show. I've been brushing up on some of the older episodes to make sure that I'm on par, <laughs> par with the other guys. <laughs> oh, well, you've got a lot to live up to after I the, really have. After the Evil, Evil Healer episode. Uh, for yeah. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long Lots as you, of fun and games. As long as you talk about farting and bumming, you'll be okay. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I don't actually have any fart jokes lined up, but I'm sure we'll get a few in. As we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anybody um, doesn't know T-Rex Space Station, um, you should. But um, Ben has just celebrated his first year anniversary on YouTube. Woohoo! Happy <laughs> birthday to me. Yes, happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. And you did a, a collaboration video um, yeah, starring my good self. Yeah, uh, I was in it. Uh, Harry Hart was in it. Channel Swift, or Swifto, and Steve Benway. Yes, the man himself, Steve Benway. Yeah, thanks so much for taking part in that. It, it was really a lot of fun to do it, and uh, you know, I, I like to get people together whenever I can. Yeah, it wasn't until I watched it back and I seen how funny the other guys were. But I was like, oh god, <laughs> yeah. just, just serious, and I was like, just saying, oh, you need to go and visit T Rex and. Well, it was appreciated, much appreciated, but to be honest, I don't think any of us can be as funny as Harry Yak, so, you know, with him on there, we were yeah. always going to look <laughs> slightly more boring, weren't we? I thought it was a particularly good performance by um, Swifto as well. I thought yeah, Swifto's video yeah. was great. It Absolutely. was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did thank him, and it's really appreciated everyone shipped in. Yeah. I thought Steve Benway's was very funny as well, a game that I'd never bloody heard of. <laughs> Clown Downtown, yeah. <laughs> Does anyone even own that? <laughs> Have you ever heard of that game before you saw his video? Never heard of it, my life. <laughs> uh, I'm probably never going to play it either, and he said at the end he's not gonna, definitely not going to revisit it. <laughs> it looks bloody awful. I think Steve just doesn't revisit a lot of games. I think he just plays them and moves on well, to Well, he's it. got so many bloody games to yeah. crack on through, hasn't he? Especially now he's got the EverDrive. It's just, uh, yeah, I've got to keep going. Oh, I won't play those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been looking online to the prices for them and stuff. Not for a while, but I think the last yeah. game I, I don't know, was it 30 or 40 quid or something like that? Oh, is that all they are? I thought they were more, actually. Uh, I can't admit, I, mean, I could be wrong, it was last year, the last time I looked. So. I'm a bit worried, though, if I buy one of those, and that's my gaming collection is just going to be it, because I won't bother buying any games after that, probably. Well, I can't afford to buy any. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And the other thing is space. Like, I'm now coming yeah. to the point where I've, my games are overspilling the shelves. And uh, I'm trying to like improvise in terms of where I put them. So EverDrive is a good idea to save space, definitely. Yeah. No more space in that space station. Space station, it's getting a you know it can't keep up. <laughs> it's getting dragged down towards the earth now. I think. <laughs> have to get the T-Rex to eat some of them. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I've still not got an EverDrive, but I've been dabbling with um, emulation on my PSP, and it's okay. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. So, say what Sega Mega Drive emulation on there is it? Or yeah, I've got I've got Mega Drive on there. I've got Amiga. Which is a bit That's touchy. great. Um, yeah. That's the only thing is about compatibility. Um, the, the N64, you probably saw some of my videos. Trying to emulate the N64 is an absolute ball ache. 
Oh, I can imagine. It's still, a fairly quite good machine graphically, you know, timely. Yeah, there's just something about it, like trying to trying to emulate it efficiently. The emulators just don't seem to be able to do it, and it takes up even running on it on a relatively good PC. It's like there are, how are there so many glitches? It's crazy. Yeah, Amiga's a right bitch to emulate as well. Yeah. Is it glitchy as well? Or? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of the games don't work, but um, some of them yeah. do. Thankfully, some of them do, but a lot of them are not working very well. I don't know. It's just like it's kind of like getting a balance between it. Because I used to do all my recording using emulators as well, because it, it looks really good when you get it right. Yeah. But now I've got the HDMI upscaler. I'm, I'm using that for everything. Yeah, I'd, 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 I have done a few emulated videos. Um, yeah. No, it does look good. The only thing is, my emulator's got a little kind of, it's like a little counter pin in the bottom left that tells you oh, yeah, your, yeah. Fra- your frame rate. So it's it's obvious that you're using a, an emulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember Steve Benway was saying, you know, what what do people think about him using the EverDrive to do some of his Game Gear stuff? And I think you know, there's a difference between what you use to play and what you use to record. And and I tend to be on the side of if it looks good for recording, you should use it and don't worry about it really. Mm. So I have no qualms with people using emulators to do their YouTube videos, but that's just my two pence. Yeah, some some people are purists, and that's that's fair enough. But like yourself, I, I run out of space and money to buy stuff. So yeah, and it can be hard to be a purist and get a good recording. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, definitely, I found that anyway, especially with the sixty-four. Yeah. What I used for my old systems is um, a DVD recorder. Oh, I've heard about that method as well. I think it was yeah. Chris Shank was mentioning that to me. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do? You record a DVD of your gameplay footage and then put it onto your computer. Yeah. So I've got yeah. the, I've got a, is that an RGB cable called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yellow and white cable running from, so one end's into the back of the Mega Drive and yeah. the yellow and white bits into my old, in fact it's not in the TV, it's into the actual DVD recorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just record straight off and move it from a disc onto your computer. It's no problem with that. It's, just a, it's a really time-consuming way of doing it. That's the thing, yeah, because I've, I've kind of got a method now where I can bash a video out in about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes if I'm, look, if, you know, if I'm doing well. Um, so I kind of don't, don't really want to change it. Once you find your, your quick way, it's like I don't really want to change it. Yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've been having a dilemma about, about that because most of my gameplays, it's just like the first 10 minutes of a game. Yeah, yeah. I, I would really like to do... Ed, do more editing and doing different bits of the games, you know, rather than yeah. the first 10 minutes. But well, you can show a lot more. And the thing is, yeah. if, you, if you're only doing a 10-minute gameplay and you want to do something that's slightly more complex, like an RPG or something, you're not yeah. going to see anything. You'll see, like, what a, a long-winded intro. Yeah. Or imagine, like, Metal Gear Solid 2, where the, you don't even get to do any gameplay for about 20 minutes. From what uh, I yeah. I remember when I first bought that game, I was like, yeah, I'll have a quick play now before I go to bed. It's like, fucking hell, I didn't even get started for about half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was... I was recording. Um, I did a trade with um, Dave and Fred Flinch a couple of weeks back, and uh, oh, did you? I yeah. got I got Desert Island. Desert Island. What? <laughs> Just <laughs> of Hazard uh, on the PlayStation One. So that was a great game. I used to have that game. I never had it before. So yeah, that's a really good game actually. I was recording some footage of that last night, and it was like five minutes, and it's still an intro. <laughs> Don't watch. Yeah. yeah. Once you get going, though, it's great, and you got the whole uh, ridiculous horn noises and everything. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I figured out how to do that about two minutes before the end. Yeah, that, that's, it. <laughs> that's the only thing you need to do, just keep hitting that button. Yeah. Your Duke of Hazard action. <laughs> it makes you want to go out and buy the Duke of Hazard on DVD or something and watch it again. Yeah, go go revisit the old episodes. It was a hell of a show, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Daisy Duke. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah, um, moving on. <laughs> I was going to say, um, regarding, regarding your collab video again, did did you have an idea that Steve Bannon was going to do it, or was it a total shock? Well, when I did the first collab video, um, which is around the time that you subscribed, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Harry Yak said you should ask, you should ask uh, Steve to take part as a bit of a laugh. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what, why don't I ask him, just in case? And yeah. so I, I sent him a message, and he said, oh, maybe I can, maybe I can't, because he wasn't sure if he would have time or not. Yeah. Um, so I know he's really busy with his own channel. And uh, he didn't didn't reply for a couple of weeks, and then he just messaged me out of the blue and said, is it, is it too late to submit a video? And I was like, no, it isn't, Steve. Thanks so much for getting in touch with me. Cool. So I wasn't sure until quite late on, but yeah, really chuffed that he did. And actually, I think it got us a lot of views that he, you know, he's been put. It's well deserved to get some of the high profile to do that, so he can get a bit more exposure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was great. Right, so I was going to ask you about your YouTube channel named T-Rex Space Station. Where does it come from? Space Station, yeah. yeah. Where, where does it come from? Yeah. It's an interesting question. It actually comes from, um, as you know, I play guitar and uh, I was joining a new band and this band was like a, like a progressive prog rock type band slash quite metally. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't for the life of us think of a name. What, we were like, what the hell should we call it? There's a website online called Prog Band Generator. <laughs> we use the prog band generator it comes up with absolutely ridiculous names we kept trying it and one it came up with this T-Rex space station and uh, one of the guys in the band drew this absolutely ridiculous album cover and really funny concept and the band have now moved on they're called Ascent uh, and I'm not even in the band anymore <laughs> so you stole the name I stole the name basically well it, it's, it's basically free for anyone to use uh, online you know you, you can just generate stuff but yeah the name stuck with me and I, and I thought yeah I'll use that and uh, I got one of my friends who's uh, into graphic design and stuff, he's called Arthur, thanks for that Arthur, to a design, like a concept, I gave him the idea of this space station with a T-Rex head on top, uh, and he rustled something up in a couple of days and sent it back, and I was like, that's amazing, we've got to call the, uh, the YouTube channel T-Rex Space Station. <laughs> and now the concept just kind of amuses me, I, I made that little theme song as well, uh, had a bit of a laugh doing that. Oh, that's great, actually, it's the first time I've seen that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, cheers. It's a bit tongue in cheek. I thought I'd do something a bit um, less serious than the other heavy metal intro. I've just uh, I've just searched on Google while I was talking there to, for a prog rock band name generator. Yeah, have you found uh, it? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the same one. I found one on BBC. All right, let's let's try it. Let's see what we can come up with. Well, I put it, ask you for your first name and your, and your surname. So okay, yeah. I put in John Latimer, which is my mm-hmm. name also, and it's come up with Don Symphony. <laughs> Dawn Symphony, wow, yeah. pretty profound sounding. Yeah. I think if you called your uh, YouTube channel like you sound like a bit of a pretentious wanker, so probably uh, <laughs> we'll ignore Dawn Symphony. <laughs> I'll put your name in. I'll, I'll not read it out. Yeah, you, go I'll, for it. Don't your full name, but I'll, I'll do the old day. Right. If it comes up with your space station, I'll be very impressed. <laughs> oh, that's but it's, it's basically it's just doing the same setting. Ancient Symphony. Okay, so it's just using symphony and varying on it. Yeah. Ancient symphony's not bad. That sounds quite uh, quite power metal to me. Yeah. I think this one was a bit more tongue in cheek than one I used. It had more more ridiculous names, T Rex and all the other things. Yeah, I've got rate my band website now. Prog rock band name Jerry. That's the one. That sounds like the one. Yeah. Is it right? <laughs> right. Uh, so you it's given me seven. You can generate some more. So we'll get totem done. <laughs> yeah. Monster Holly. Okay. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, Lovely Andy Gulliver's. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> Berry Against the Mushroom. 
Um, brandy butter and a poodle. <laughs> brandy butter and a poodle sounds like yeah. a very dodgy weekend after too many beers. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, doing my last day and eight out. Stallion kissy. Again, pretty dodgy. Not, yeah. Um, and the last one there is Dreamscape and the Bubbles. Dreamscape. Yeah. Yeah, that's pr- that's quite cool. That reminds me of that game Dreamweb. Hmm. I think I might get a new uh, YouTube name and yeah, get Brandy it, Butter yeah. and a Poodle. Well, no, I mean, you can generate it some more, so I might generate it some more later and see what can what can come up with. Yeah, go for it, definitely. <laughs> That's quite a lot of fun. I can imagine myself doing that for about half an hour now. Planet Poodle. <laughs> Planet Poodle. That sounds like a, a dog shop, dog accessory <laughs> shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come to Planet Poodle for all your poodle needs. Come to Planet Poodle. <laughs> Don't bring brandy butter. <laughs> oh, incidentally, um. You mentioned obviously your guitar players. Um, yeah, yeah. And you sent me a clip to use in the show, but I've not actually had the time to, um, to put it onto the studio here. So, oh, that's okay. But I'm going to see if we can try and pipe it through my iPad or something. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. We'll do it impromptu off the cuff. Yeah. But no worries if you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I had um, Aidan Watkins on, and um, yeah, yeah. He gave me four clips of his because he was in a cover band. Uh, oh, cool. It, it was, I actually, for a minute, I felt like an actual, an actual DJ, because he's never one for Asian workers. <laughs> well, that could be a pastime, maybe. You could take up a new hobby. You could be a Planet Poodle DJ. <laughs> I, would, I would love to be... See, I actually, I used to work in a radio station, so oh, yeah. I kind of got the buzz a little bit, because I used to work in a radio station anyway. Ah, cool. Yeah, a couple of my friends used to do an 80s uh, radio station when they were at uni, and they were telling me the trick is to speak, speak during the intro just up to the vocals and then stop. <laughs> that's apparently the number one DJ skill apparently yeah they may be bullshitting <laughs> all the DJs in Scotland sound exactly the same I think they get, <laughs> I think they get cloned just the same voice yeah, yeah. they're just like murder it's been a murder you dunder that's the only uh, Scottish accent word I can do just murder nothing else <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're I'm sure I've got I was going to uh, read out your uh, YouTube channel name, but uh, if I get this wrong, um, correct me. Because uh, even though I'm sub- subscribed, you don't actually know the name. Because I'm, I'm assuming it's just YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash TDX Space Station. Yeah, was that? Yeah. Because yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes people put numbers on them. No, there's no numbers in mine, I don't think. So, www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash TDX Space Station. That's the one. Come aboard. Go check it out if you're not already. Thanks for the plug. It's much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Need all the help I can get. <laughs> yeah. So Desert Island Games um, is pretty much a, a rip-off of Desert Island Discs on Radio 4. The reimagining, not the re- Yeah, the reimagining. <laughs> um, I made a mistake the first few weeks by saying it's Radio 2. It's actually actually Radio 4. Radio 4, yeah. Not that it matters. No. Um, so basically, um, each week a guest, or a castaway, gets to pick eight discs, eight records. But for me, it's... Uh, you get to pick eight retro games. It's not as easy as it sounds, to be honest with you. Picking just eight, yeah. yeah. And those rules have have actually been bent before. Um, have they? Well, even, even by myself when I was a surprise <laughs> guest. <laughs> you got to stick to the rules, guys. <laughs> I, I, I blame Woodland because he started yeah. it. He oh, picked, did he? He picked a game that wasn't even released yet. <laughs> Being more and more ridiculous. How are you going to take yeah. that on the island with you? He, he says he wants it to be chopped in. Okay, fine. That makes, I guess that, that works. <laughs> or it will arrive in a message in a bottle or something. Yeah, yes. covered in sand. 
Yeah. Completely fucked up. <laughs> and later you also get to pick a book and uh, yeah. a luxury item, which should be interesting. I was going to pick a video game book, but I decided not to. <laughs> a video game book? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a, a magazine or CVD or something. Well, you would don't need to pick a magazine because you, you get... Um, you get something like that later. I'll mention that later. Ah, okay. Because yeah. in the real, sh- uh, the real show, this is the real show, but in the alternative show, Desert Elm Discs, yeah. you, get a, you get a copy of the Bible and the complete works of Shakespeare. Ah. So, so I'll get the alternatives to that. You Excellent. Know, I look forward to it. Tell you about Okay. Uh, so usually what I do is um, I do a bit of prep on the games so that, mm. um, so that I'm prepared, but um, we'll, we'll just... Um, Go with it. <laughs> I'm sure you know most of these games probably. I don't know, maybe you don't. Yeah. You've given them to me in uh, chronological order, so Yes, I've lied to Harry Ack. I thought that was the proper way to go about things. Yes, Harry Ack. He knows how it's done. He knows how to do it. So the first game you've picked is Casual Casual? Castle Evolution. Castle Evolution. Nineteen ninety on Sega Mega Drive. Mega Drive. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think I could have picked anything else for my first choice really. Um Associate this game with that amazing memory when you were a kid. I don't know if you had a similar thing when you get that, that console Christmas that you've wanted for weeks, well, for months in my case. It seemed like everybody else at school had a Sega Mega Drive and I was bugging my parents for one for like three or four months. And Christmas Day came around, I opened it, I was like, oh my God, I've got a Mega Drive. And, and they bought me two games that came with it. So I had the first Sonic, which is obviously a classic. And I had Castle of Illusion. And that was that's a pretty good couple of games to get with the system. That is a good way to start a collection, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I naturally took to Castle of Illusion more than I did Sonic. And I know Sonic is probably a, a better-known game, but I just love this game. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of very good uh, Disney platformers around the Sega Mega Drive time, around that time. But this one sticks out for me. I don't exactly know why it is, but I just... I love the graphics. I love the music. I love the level design. And I just, it just has that massive nostalgia feeling for me, and I can still play it now and really enjoy it. I don't know if you ever played it, have you? Yeah, I was, I was just about to say, um, I've, I've, I had last year I got a treat myself to Sega Game Gear, and ah, I've, yeah. got, I've played the Sega Game Gear version. The Game Gear version is exactly a direct port of the Mega Drive version. I'm not too sure because I've not, sure. I've, not, I've not played the Mega Drive version, so I can't really say what it is. But it's, yeah. it's more likely to be a of the Master System version. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was going to mention that because I did a, a Then and Now episode on this thing it's like the best game ever, blah, 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 and compared it to the re-release because it had a, a HD remake that came out, I think, last year. Yes. And a few people have actually said to me the, the, the Sega Master System game is actually, well, in their opinion, better. And I've never really played that one. I, I still haven't played it, but I saw that uh, Novabug showed some footage of it. And it looks really, really good as well, actually. So I'm going to have to uh, kind of pull that and have a go yeah, the last system's got a lot of good versions of games, I think. Yeah, it's it's pretty... I was really surprised there's a few, like, really, really good, like, versions of games that are on the Mega Drive that are equally as good as, or in some people's opinions, better than uh, the, the Mega Drive version. But, yeah, this is just a great game. You know, if you think about the, the level design, like, you've got... Um, it's just really, really imaginative themes to them. Like, you start in the forest where things are relatively happy, and you go through the... Um, to the, the kind of toy soldier level where you're like in a toy box and you've got the uh, jumping jacks that pop out. Yeah. Just the themes just work really well. And uh, the last I say the last boss is probably the only downfall to the game. The last boss is a little bit too easy. <laughs> yeah. 
because uh, like, when I was a kid, I never managed to complete the game at all. I played it a lot, but I finished it. I must have been a bit shit at games when I was younger. But I went back. It was the first game that I bought when I got Mega Drive back as an adult, and uh, I completed it in like one sitting. And I was like, oh, I don't know what all the fuss is about. It's actually pretty easy. Uh, you you must have still been learning learning when you were younger. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And uh, there's um, you know the HD people are kind of have different opinions about HD remakes. Really, you know, some yeah. people think it's kind of cashing in on uh, a game that's already there, give it a bit of a lick of paint, and not that much new content. And I was probably in that in that uh, category as well. But actually, the HD remake of Castle of Illusion kind of sold me on the concept because it it's actually a really really good game as a standalone. Yeah. It has the same feeling as the original title, but um, it just kind of it just subtly reimagined and added like collectibles, divided time trial modes, and it's a really good way to kind of like uh, it's a good attempt at nostalgia while having something fresh to play. So I'd actually definitely recommend the, um, the remake game. It's on Steam, I think. Yeah, if remakes are done well, they're, they're good. But I've had a bad experience. Yeah, I, I got flashback. Uh, it's a remake on. Oh, Xbox. I didn't know. That, I didn't know that had been remade. Actually, oh, it's not great. Is there anything new added or? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's the graphics are lovely. That's that's the annoying thing. The graphics are absolutely gorgeous, but the gameplay yeah. is not so good. There yeah. is a, a modern um, a modern take on it, and it's okay. they, they do they do it slightly differently with, with lights of weapons and things like that. But yeah, uh, it just doesn't work. And they also put a uh, they also put a, a an option to play the original version of it. Right, and I made a complete ass of it. Um, you go in it, and you can only see it on a little tiny screen, and oh, that's, that's dumb. Ha- half half the buttons don't work that are supposed to work. <laughs> in it, things like that. That's just so. terrible. Yeah, that's the thing. The problem the problem with retro remakes is it's actually a very brave undertaking because if the first game is really well known, people are going to be looking at the remake very very skeptically. So if you screw it up, you're just going to basically get lambasted. Yeah, I mean, I, b- I believe the Strider remake's pretty good. I've played a demo of that, and it's <clears> yeah, it's pretty decent. I kind of didn't know that I'd been remade. Look at me, I'm really out of the loop here. <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing is, it can kind of sully the, the franchise if you screw it up, so it's high pressure. Yeah. I know some of the old point-and-click games were remade, and they did that already. I think, was it Monkey Island that got a HD remake? Yeah. It's... What I liked about that was that they had the option to switch to the old graphics. So, yeah. you know, giving people the opportunity to conserve what used to be there, I think that's a, that's a really good way of doing things. Yeah, the first time I played it, I, I discovered that by accident because I pressed the select. <laughs> everything went, went all pixelated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I pressed the select button because I, I thought it was going to get me into the option or into, yeah. the, into the inventory or something like that, and it went all old yeah, school. What? I thought, oh, yeah. and I, walked and back it, twenty years by pressing a button. <laughs> yeah, and, all, and by doing that, you also get an achievement. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, oh, Xbox yeah. achievements, man. Those drive me crazy. I never managed to get any of them. Oh, I, There's too many of them on most games. What I like about the older games that come on Xbox Arcade is they've got achievements, but they've not got that many, so it's it's doable to get them all. Yeah. And there's one that I'm agonising close to, and I don't think I'll ever get it. It's uh, Sensible World of Soccer. I've got nine. Oh, yeah. out, I've got nine out of the ten achievements, but the the tenth achievement is uh, go online and beat beat an online opponent five nothing. Um, <laughs> That's but tough. The, ma- the main reason I'm not going to do it is because nobody plays it online anymore. Exactly, yeah, it's a bit of yeah. a, good luck finding someone to play that again. Yeah. But if anybody's listening that's got that game, please um, let me play at it and let me beat you 5-0. There you go. Then you can finally complete it and let it to rest. Yeah, and then I'll let you, be- let you beat me 5-0.
Yeah, but I think it's, uh, I don't know, the, the original Flashback game, did it really need uh, uh, new graphics? It looks beautiful anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I just, what we, what we kind of need is games to go forwards and to progress and we get new things. And sometimes I worry that like we're looking backwards too much in terms of, you know, bringing new stuff out. Similar yeah. with cinema. Um, is that I was going to say? Is that one of the same ideas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of rehashed films out there, and while obviously I do like kind of looking at old stuff, I like the old games as they are, like they're, they're good as they are. I guess yeah. that's because we're fans of retro, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've I've got some gameplay footage of that flashback game on my channel. Ah, okay. I'll take a look. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's quite an old one. It must have I've probably done it in about. July or August of last year. So. It was the remake game, is that? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually the first. It was the first thing I recorded when I got my captured card. Ah, cool. Because I was testing it out, and it yeah, it looked really good. I've I've bought it, but I've still, I've still not actually played it. But I bet it's phenomenal. Um, I've seen loads of videos of it. Oh yes. It. Did you not pick flashback up in a? Yeah, I picked it up. Yeah. I picked it up and I not got around to playing it. Oh, and I said, you don't need to, and I'll stand by that, you don't need to play it. It's, yeah. My, know, my, yeah. My best memories of it is on the Amiga, and I spent so much time on it, it's unreal. Yeah. Me and my brother used to play it to take turns each to go through it all. I love that. Level or life. <laughs> yes. I still do level or life now sometimes with my friends, get a few beers. Level or life. The last game we tried to do that on was, was uh, The Lion King on the Mega Drive. <laughs> oh my god! We'd have a few titties, and it was—it was just that game gets really, really tough. <laughs> we were basically had to destroy the fucking consoles towards the end. Had to turn it off. <laughs> Something I've not done for a long time is have some friends around to play games. Uh, we, used to, yeah. we used to do it quite a lot, but I'm a bit older now, so I'm I'm 38, and um, yeah. all my friends are off with the families. And that's the that thing, isn't it? Well. Trying yeah. to find the time to do that sort of stuff nowadays. Yeah. yeah. So, I've not got any friends. Oh. <laughs> well, you got the retro only team. We're your friends. <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do have friends, just not ones that come over and play games. Not ones that want to play sensible soccer and get beat 5-0. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, Castle of Illusion just had to be the first choice for me. It's just really nostalgic, and it just reminds me of this, this very big thing of my Sega Mega Drive uh, journey, I suppose you want to call it. Uh, what did you think of uh, Land of Illusion? Uh, World of Illusion or Land of Illusion? It's Land Land of Illusion. I think I, I think I had that one for the Game Gear as well. That's hmm. I thought no, I've, World of Illusion. I'm not sure about Land. World of Illusion is the one where you dialed up, right? And you can uh, magic take the what you do magic on a two player. I'm sure it's Land of Illusion. Oh, maybe. Is it, are we talking about the same game though? Probably are. Um. I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm sure there's, a couple, there's actually a couple on the uh, Sega Master System as well. So, yeah. I don't know. The only other one I've got is World of Illusion, which is also really, really good. Maybe it is World of Illusion. I could, I it's could got the two-player two co-op on it. Yeah. So one can play as Donald, one can play as Mickey Mouse, which is cool. Um, <laughs> did you see that Swift, though, uh, yesterday, I think it was, that he can't stand <laughs> Mickey Mouse, whatever? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was yeah, it, yeah. it was it was a reply to Novelog, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen he's that better, often. He's basically missing out on the whole of the Mickey Mouse franchise. <laughs> he's never going to play Cat of Illusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Mickey uh, Mouse is in loads of games as well, because he's in... Um, oh, God, there's another Mickey Mouse. A few, a few of them on the Sega Mega Drive. And then it's like Kingdom Hearts and all those games where Mickey can play us. Yeah. Oh, well. Maybe we could persuade him to... Uh, to uh, to change his ideas about Mickey. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a big fan myself. I'm not a big fan of Disney in general, to be honest. Well, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a kid's thing, isn't it, really? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but yeah, I think it's supposed to be. He's a little bit annoying with this jerky voice, and he's always so happy looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say something about Swift on. It's gone. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I like the I like the way he comes across in videos. <laughs> it's quite yeah. funny. Quite, I think he's got a quite funny way. Although I. I <laughs> One of his, one of his pick up videos he said his his mum got him um, Jack D for his Christmas oh, yeah. and I said that's where swear to you but I, I think he I think he might have taken it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he's really he's very funny though, so, yeah. You always think he chuckle. <laughs> got a certain sense of humour. Yes. Yeah. Um, anything else to say about uh of Illusion now? I've got a comment from Harry. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember what it's, what it might be in relation to, but it must, <laughs> it must, it must, it must have been something we were talking about. But it said, <laughs> it said that he owns uh, Clown Downtown, and yes, oh, he owns Clown Downtown. God, he's one of the person Steve. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, right. So what's it? My memory is really bad. <laughs> yeah, that that game that Steve played. Yes, and uh, Harry actually, yeah, said he will revisit it on a TV Boy live stream. Excellent. Uh, I would really look forward to that. <laughs> I don't need to laugh at the game. It looks terrible. I think that he doesn't play game very often. <laughs> you know, maybe it's his favourites. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll move on to the next game. Yes, if, sure. If I, can, if I can find my notes. I think Harry Eckler might like this next game too. Yeah, I've got all my notes on my iPad and I've been some of those. Um, Alien Storm. Storm. This is one that Harry Eck was playing on your... On the uh, video, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I was very glad that he played it. He did a great gameplay video, and as he highlighted, <laughs> playing as the Tin Man. <laughs> what? Can, how can you make a game where you get to play as a Tin Man? It's amazing. Um, yeah, Alien Storm. Now, I did a little bit of looking into this game um, recently, uh, after Harry X gameplay video. It was originally an arcade game, and it was ported to the Mega Drive and the Master System. Um, I always had, I had the Mega Drive version when I was a kid, and... Uh, I think I owned this game before the Streets of Rage games. Now, I know those are typical brawlers that most people really like on Mega Drive. Yeah. But this game is more... I've got fonder memories, really. The characters are so goofy and handlucky. You've got the Tin Man, you've got the in the sort of... The guy with his weird compasses back on. And uh, to me, it actually gets a lot because it has pretty unique things about it and you know between the levels you've got that kind of shooting uh, segment where you can shoot the shit out of a shop and like blow stuff up yeah. that's really really cool yeah not only that though you've got the levels where you're you're kind of running so you, like, you're forced to keep running and you're shooting things ahead of you and there's a level where you have to shoot at the, uh, the mothership while you're doing that and jump over like spikes and so I think it was actually Really, before its time, it was very, very varied in terms of what was around, in terms of brawlers. Yeah, that's the first time I had seen it on Harry X footage, and I must say it looked really good. That really surprises me, yeah, because for me it's like, everyone was like, Aliens tall, right? But it turns out, no, not at all. Um, But uh, yeah, it's a great game to play two-player as well. Um, Very tough, though. I've never managed to finish it on two-player, because you get like like, two lives between you, so someone cocks up. That's it, you're screwed. But I have beat the game a couple of times on the single player. Um, and the last level is really, really cool as well, because you basically go inside the alien ship. Mm. And uh, you, get to, you get to pick which, which like, rooms you go into, so it's kind of like a, you don't have to go in one direction. Again, just those, those little kind of touches that make it a great game. Not to mention the badass music. Uh, really badass music. I, I think a lot of the music and video games back in those days was absolutely brilliant. 
Video game music, early yeah. 90s, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, my friend was showing me, uh, just before we started this stream, my friend was showing me some of the music from um, Jungle Strike and Desert Strike. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. The intro music, it's just like so badass. Yeah. There's so much kind of rock and metal sounding uh, music for Genesis and Mega Drive. <laughs> One uh, that I've just played recently for the first time on, on a recommendation from 90s Video Game Dude, because uh, this, yeah. is one, this is one of the games that he picked yeah. on his Desert Island games, it's uh, Rock and Roll Racing. Right. It's, it's like um, it's all kind of instrumental versions of like uh, like Black Sabbath songs and things like that. What system is that on? Uh, it's SNES. SNES. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. So they got so, basically covers. Yeah. Nice. So I got I got a SNES uh, emulator on my PSP and I, I mm. went straight for that game and it's brilliant. That's so cool. Just, there's yeah. some there's some games that I really want to learn the music to on guitar. Um, I remember that Fire Fire Shock is probably one of the games that's got my favourite music. Every song basically sounds like it's taken off an 80s Maiden album, and it's just like, this is so cool. Even though I suck at the game, the music just gets me absolutely pumped. <laughs> but Alien Storm's music's kind of, it's more funky. It's got like deep bass lines and a bit of groove to it. Yeah. Have you seen that, uh, talking about like Lennon guitar music for, like, uh, for game music? Yeah. Um, have you seen this guy, um, 331 E-Rock? Oh yeah, he's phenomenal. He is brilliant. He's like uh, Batman meets metal and stuff. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's Monkey Island. is amazing. It really is. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. And there's another guy as well who does a cappella vocal covers of retro right. video games. What the hell is he? Oh, oh I forgot his name now. I'll have to, um, I'll have to let you know what it's called. A smooth McGroove, that's it. Smooth McGroove. Basically what he does is a really great one. He does Sonic 2, um, uh, one of the zones. And it's basically him doing all the instruments with his voice, like overdubbed like 16 times. And it's just, it's it's the most ridiculous thing ever, but it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Sounds pretty cool. You need yeah, to give, cool. give a link for that one later. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a link later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Alien Storm. Yeah, I would definitely recommend Alien Storm. I mean, the Master System uh, version seems all right, but it's it's got quite a lot of features missing. Like, because obviously it's two buttons, you, you miss out a little bit on some of the, some of the attacks have been taken out of it. Um, there's like a weird diving rolling attack that if you're, if you're any good at Alien Storm on a Mega Drive, of course, like me, you'll know how to do. It didn't seem to be there, so I thought the Master System version looked a little bit shitter. I think I'll add that Alien Storm to my um, emulators list. <laughs> yeah, put it on your emulator list. I look forward to the gameplay video. Or maybe we could try and do a bit of two-player online or something. Because uh, it is really fun. Can you do that? Uh, I know you said that earlier on, but... There's apparently some of the emulators now do have co-op online play, but I tried to get it to work with Swifto and I've not managed to figure it out yet. But I'll look into it because uh, that yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I've not seen the arcade version of it um, actually, but uh, I've seen a few screenshots, but I've not seen any gameplay. It looks just like you know, like the Mega Drive one, but with better graphics, basically. Cool. Yeah, I'll probably end up doing a gameplay video of that as well. Excellent. Now, game number three. I'm excited about this one. Yes, me too. And, and you've got to make your make it a mission, or me, or one of us has got to make it a mission to do some gameplay of this. Because I, I, I don't think I've actually seen any gameplay of this. No, country. no, no, I've not either. No. Um, and there's not been a remake. God damn it, why not? Why is it not come out in Ireland? <laughs> it's Day of the Tentacle. Day of the Tentacle. Now, this is, a, this is a really big game for me. Yes. When I was a kid, I was really into point-and-click adventure games. Um, you see me do some, some gameplay footage of things like Legend of Suit Larry. Yes. 
can't believe I was allowed to play that, to be honest with you. <laughs> my, dad had, my dad had that game when I was a kid. See, when I was, see, when I was doing the footage for your uh, collab video, it took me about yeah. half an hour to get into it because of the questions at the start. <laughs> Fucking hell, I know. The questions at the start are ridiculous. Like, things that even you wouldn't even know now because like, they're, they're really like retro stuff that you, it's like not common knowledge anymore. Um, when I was a kid, I just had to guess. Keep guessing it and guessing it and guessing it. I still have to guess. Like, yeah, I have to guess like probably one or two of them, yeah. It's, it's American knowledge as well. It's so really American. Yeah. yeah, I kind of crap stuff as well I wasn't into. But yeah, video games used to have so much security back in the day. Like if you play some of the old old school DOS games, it's like turn to page 53, line 7, word 4. It's a good God's Yeah, Who has the manual? Yeah. Um, Talking of Legislature Larry, um, yeah. I had the absolute privilege, and I can't, still can't believe it to this day, of speaking to Al Woe on, really? on a podcast. I heard he's a really, really cool guy. Yeah, he's How he's that one? Well, you know um, Michael Burhan? Yes. Yeah, he's got a, a, a podcast, I Got Gameplay. Okay. And um, I don't know how he's managed to do it, but a few weeks ago, he managed to get Al Woe to come, come on as a guest. And I said, I've got, to, I've got to come on. I mean, he's he's an absolute genius, and yeah. the things that he did for adventure games in general are just absolutely phenomenal. So yes, I spoke to him, asked him a few questions. Um, it was just a starstruck, absolutely starstruck. Those, um, I mean, those old adventure games were all made with uh, AGI, I think it was called, which is yeah, like, that's um, right. adventure graphical interface or something like that. Yeah. And uh, they all have that really characteristic, in my opinion, beautiful, pixelated, slightly garish look to them. And it's just a really, really lovely approach to games. I just love games from that era. And actually, I, I was uh, having a look online about, about that, that system recently. And some people have, have actually made uh, modern games using the AGI engine. Okay. It's just such a phenomenal uh, idea. Um, I had a dabble with it myself, actually, a few years back, see if I could make something. Um, I'll, I'll, you're, 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 very, you're very restricted in terms of your color palette. Yeah. with that yeah I like the idea of um, re- reviving old systems like people creating new games for it I think that's a really good yeah, idea yeah because there was that um, there was that uh, RPG that was released on the Mega Drive wasn't there I can't remember yeah. what it was called now it was uh, independently released which is just such a great idea it's actually really really impressive to code something within the limit within the limitations of the old hardware and yeah. make it run like a game would um, so yeah Anyway, I'm rambling now about AGI and Sierra games. But yes, obviously you have those games. And the LucasArts games were the other ones that I was really, really into. Oh, and yeah, I, think I love them. LucasArts were just, a, just the masters of the adventure game. Day of the Tentacle is probably one of my favourites. And the reason is, 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 well, there's a lot of reasons. Firstly, the art style of Day of the Tentacle is phenomenal. It doesn't even need a remake because it still looks great. And that's the thing about pixel art. Pixel art to me doesn't really go out of date or out of yeah. fashion. I don't. I don't mean a, a remake as such. I just mean put it exactly as it yeah. was. Just put it. Just transfer it from wherever it yeah. is and put it onto iOS or something. Definitely. No. I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know, if you look at some like the old early attempts at 3D games, they look like shit now and make your eyes bleed. Yeah. But actually, if you look at games from even in the early 90s, Day of the Tentacles '93. It, yeah. It's kind of hand-drawn or pixel-style graphics, and they still look beautiful. Yeah. Um, but the concept is amazing. Like you split between three characters, aren't you? Oh, they yeah. Bernard and the uh, uh, girl. Bernard. I've got the page here, so I should, oh, cool. I should okay. have the. Um, let's have a look. We'll get. And obviously, it's a follow-up to Maniac Mansion as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, where are we now? 
I can remember Bernard that I don't want gnarly. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a little kind of rocker did, and there was the yeah. there was the kind of nerdy guy, and there was a girl. There was, was a girl called Laverne. Uh, uh, the girl Laverne. was called yeah. Laverne, <laughs> Laverne is like really crazy. She's a Delaine's medical student. Yeah, he's really really scary. The characters are so funny. Yeah, the Rody the Rody was called Hoagie. Hoagie, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, he was Hoagie, and the main guy was Bernard or whatever. Bernard, he was yeah. the geek, wasn't he? Yeah, and there's, there's the time traveling element of it as well. It's phenomenal. Right. So you yeah. end up playing three characters in three different time zones. Yeah, and, and items between the three, and that is just such a great idea. Yes, it's very comedy because you can. I think there was one bit. I can't remember that details. So it's been years since I played it, but there's a bit where you could, it's, it's like you could bury something back yeah, in the and day, and then you, you, yeah, it, it was, was it something to do with? Maturing wine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, something like yeah. that. Anyway, something to do with um, alcohol, like makes making it into vinegar or wine or something like that. I don't know, but right, yeah. 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 I mean, the puzzles are just really, really inventive, and I love the mad professor as well. The evil professor who's taking over the world. <laughs> He's a two great character. Yeah. Um, and the tentacles of them. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I remember it being really challenging. But you know, aside from the really nice looks and uh, yeah. the humour, it wasn't an easy game. Any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I didn't finish it until uh, you know, until I went back to it, you know, later on. But yeah, I said it was a follow-up to uh, Maniac Mansion. And the cool thing about this game was it included Maniac Mansion in the game. If you remember, That's right, I do remember that. Yeah. One of the computer lab. Yeah. And it put you back there. Now that I'd never really played, and I, I dabbled with it a little bit when I was playing Days of the Tentacle, but. That, that was on the PC and the NES port of that as well. Maybe some other systems too. It was, yeah, I, I had it on, it was one of the first CD-ROM games I ever had. Yeah. It was on CD-ROM. I, I'm trying to remember if it had speech. I think I, it may have. Hmm, I'm not sure about that. There's a, there's a great channel called Pushing Up Roses, and she's been doing some gameplay footage of the original I think, on the NES. And that's a cool, quite a cool game as well. I think when you play as like a party, you have a party of people and you get to choose which characters you want. Yeah. But you can see that's the start of the concept of uh, having multiple characters that you switch between in different rooms. Yeah. And just develop that further day of the tentacle. But yeah, it's got um, you know full voice acting, great music, put scenes are great. It's just yeah, it's got to be there in my favorite games of all time. Yeah, it says the CD-ROM format afforded the addition of audible dialogue. There you go. In main action. Okay, cool. I'm presuming that the oh, um, David Tentacle. David Tentacle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, was there a disc version as well? CD, there was a floppy disc version. Right, I didn't oh, yeah. know that. I, I had the CD-ROM version with a full voice acting. Yeah, same here. The characters had, had great uh, great voices. Really funny. Do I play that game? I must have played that game about 20 times, but it's been... It must have been... A, it must be at least 15 years since I've played it, and I want to play it again. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be like... It's got to be 8 or 9 years for me as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to end up going back to it now, aren't I? Uh, I don't have it, otherwise I could maybe try and get it working on DOSBox. I think I've still got the CD somewhere, but the question is how damaged is it and how dusty. Yeah. But, um, I've also, did you ever play Sam and Max? I did, I was thinking, I was just thinking about that game a minute ago. <laughs> that, was yeah. the other, that was the other one that was just full of character. I loved that, yeah, absolutely loved that game, and that definitely had voice acting. Yeah, that oh, had yeah. great voice yeah. acting. Was, was it Max, Max the dog and Sam was the bunny rabbit? I can't remember. No, I think Sam was the dog. Sam was the dog. Yeah. What I liked about that game as well was is there was a lot of kind of mini games in it. Oh yeah, because yeah. you had whack a mole mini games. Whack a mole, and there was, I think there was a I think there was a, some sort of crazy golf or something in it as well, was it? Or yeah, was it? Yeah, crazy golf with alligator. Or yeah, it was gator gator golf or something. Gator golf. Yeah. 
there's that, that many games, there's many you have to pass them to move on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the case golf, you had to learn the game to make a pass, didn't you, to get across. Yeah. Another pretty solid game. That was no easy game. Uh, what were the other ones? The LucasArts games that I used to have. Yeah, I can't remember now. Um, uh, uh, the one I played, and, and I don't like Indiana Jones, but there was an Indiana Jones adventure game by LucasArts. It was uh, Indiana Jones yeah. and the Fate of Atlantis, and that was I played that that yes. was yeah. That was kind of around about the same time as Monkey Island, I think, or Monkey. That had some combat in it, didn't it? That's what it I, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. And there was a few other ones that um, that were LucasArts. I used to love that were similar type of games. The Discworld games. Um, yes. World War Two, and there's a really really fun game called uh, Toonstruck. I don't know if you ever played Toonstruck. No, not played that one. That's like a it's like a mixture between the, the main character is like a real life character who's not animated, and he gets stuck in a cartoon world. Uh, I definitely recommend you check out some footage of that because that's another really fun game. Ah, back back in the good old days of point and click adventures. Oh, we we did a um, Chris and Shanks got a podcast on a Sunday night as well, and um, I come on myself and uh, Chris um, who's no bug We were on one night and talked yeah. about adventure game point and click adventure games. Yeah, it was kind of last minute because he's guessed that he had if it was going to be monkey spas and. His, his usual partner Tom, but both of them couldn't make it that night. So, yeah. uh, as it happened, myself and Chris were going to do a pre-recorded Desert Island Games that night, but we uh, we jumped on Chris's podcast. <laughs> and, um, you hijacked we, his podcast. Yeah, well, he asked us to come on. Right. Uh, we talked about Point and Click Adventures, and Chris is not really um, is any Point and Click Adventures as myself and Chris were, but oh, I just yeah. talked about it for an hour was absolutely brilliant. I could easily talk about it for an hour again. I mean, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is like a genre that was kind, it is kind of old. Like, it was it was a lot bigger back in the past, and it's kind of stagnated and not much has happened. But I think it's slowly gaining momentum again now, and I think that we're going to start seeing more and more of these types of games coming out. I really hope so, because it's, a, it's, it's that along with racing games are my, my joint favourite genre of games. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've got to be up there in my favourites as well. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a new Broken Sword game either being made or already made. I might be making that up, but I remember reading something about it. Um, maybe we'll get a new Legend Suit Larry as well. Oh, there's been a HD remake, I remember that. I'll get I'll get Legend Suit Larry on my iPad here. Is that the HD remake? For, HD remake, it, yeah. It's, is it any good? It's Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I love it. Is it new new puzzles or...? Uh, no, no, it's just exactly the same game. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, The original game's great anyway, so... I've got I've got an adventure folder on my iPad here. This is, this is what I've got. I've got... Awesome. Both the Monkey Island games. Yep. I've got the, the first three editions of Monkey Island, Tales of Monkey Island, which I've not played yet. Is that is that number three? Oh, no, that's um, an episodic one. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like, it's like Telltale Games that do um, Walking yeah. Dead and all that. Yeah. I've uh, got Legend Street Larry, and tell me if, if you've played this one, because this is awesome, this one. Flight of the Amazon Queen. Flight of the Amazon Queen, I know a lot about. I've seen a yeah. lot about it, but I've never played it myself. Yeah, I've, oh. I, I, I've heard great things about that. It's brilliant. It's, it's obviously heavily influenced by Monkey Island, because a, yeah. a lot of the gags are really similar, but yeah. I just I, I laugh so much playing that game. <laughs> it's a particular bit. You're in, a, you're, in a, you're in a jungle and you're trying to get to wherever you're going to. Yeah. But you're, you're past you're past what uh, gorilla, and uh, yeah. you end up saying you and Amazon the gorilla should be in somewhere in like, Asia. Oh, so you're, so you're right, and it just disappears. But <laughs> later on in the game, you bump you bump into at, at this point. I should have said he's wearing a blue dinosaur suit. Yeah. As well. So later on, you you bump into him. Fact, yeah. no, I've, I've got it wrong. He wasn't. He was just a gorilla. 
That's bad. So later on, you bump into him, and he's wearing the blue dinosaur suit, and he goes, "Why are you wearing a blue dinosaur suit?" Yeah, because my pink dinosaur one's in the wash. Or something. It's just like <laughs> the humour of those games is just so great. It's just yeah. silly, isn't it? I don't think I quite remember that, but you get it. Just yeah. <laughs> right. No, we got there in the end. <laughs> um, but so yeah, Flight of the is uh, another great one. Um, funnily enough, your next game is also. Uh, yeah. Adventures, so Maybe we should segue into that then. Yes, we'll move on and still stay in point and click adventures. And I've played this. I've completed this one as well. Beneath the Steel Sky. Beneath the Steel Sky, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, Beneath this Steel is. Sky, yeah. This is phenomenal. This game is now freeware. You know, this is free to download for anyone who wants it. And and, and you can get it on iOS and your iPad as well. Oh, brilliant! Mm. So. I mean, the reason why this stands out for me is, is because of the stylistics of it. This is a point-and-click adventure set in a dystopian future. It's really, really dark, and it's kind of it's got a cyberpunk feeling to it, hasn't it? Yeah. And you're trying to escape from, like, the authorities. I think the plot is that there's some kind of supercomputer link that's, like, taking over everything. Mm-hmm. And the, the cool thing about this thing that makes it different is the fact that you're accompanied by your, your, your robot, do we? Little robot, yeah. Little robot, and you, you can put his circuit into different things to, to kind of activate him. Yeah. And that's just really, really funny. Because I think the first thing you put the circuit board into is a, is a hoover. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're constantly complaining about being made to be in a hoover and things like that. And this is a game, again, with very good production values. It's got full voice acting. And the animations are just phenomenal. It's just a really beautiful-looking game. Another example of kind of pixel art done well. Very gritty. And another example of a game I've played quite a few times, but I've not played it for so many years. Yeah. Um, I've lost all these. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I've got. I'm sure I've still got a disc somewhere for this in my house okay. somewhere. But, yeah. Um, was, again, that, that, was a, that was a CD-ROM as well. Yeah. Uh, I think I've probably played completed this game twice. That's how much I like it. Just to see, just to see the environments again and things. Now, I would say it's not a. I think once you get going, it's not that long a game actually. Um, but it's just such a pleasure to play through and to finish and just to see all the, the pixel art. It's just great, yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome game. Very gritty. I'm glad that's in your uh, your iPad collection. I've not actually downloaded that one yet. Well, oh, right, okay. Now that, you're, now that we're talking about it, I might actually go download it. It'll be an addition. <laughs> yeah. I would like to find a way to do some decent um, gameplay footage from my iPad because I've got a few good games on it. Yeah, um, I can see... Anyway, did some from his Android using like a HD link cable on the telly. Yeah. And then he video cameraed that. I don't know. There are ways to get the, get off these gadgets. Yeah. But yeah, you need to do some um, point and click adventure games. I'd love to see some of these games. Uh, I've, I've not one finished doing the doing a complete walkthrough of Monkey Island. Yeah. 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 Monkey uh, Island is a really good game. Yeah. And I'm going to move on soon to Monkey Island too. Um, yeah. Just want to get a chance. It's, I do it on I do it on Wednesdays. I walk through Wednesday. Walk through Wednesday. <laughs> yes. I think quite a lot of commitment to play through a full game. That's I think actually um, Monkey Island is the one and only game that I've managed to complete a series of on my channel. Yeah. So, as you can remember all of the puzzles, like did you remember how to do them? Oh yeah, I've played Monkey Island. Yeah. I, I play Monkey Island uh, at least once a year. So. Yeah, because I, I think the reason why I've been scared to put any uh, point-and-click games on my YouTube channel because if I don't know how to progress. It's just going to be me stuck trying yeah. different inventory items. It's what happened in Legend of Larry's. I forgot how to tell yeah. <laughs> There was a couple of sticky moments in the later episodes. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I need to remember. And you go, ah, oh, no, that's what you do. So yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Fortunately, I've played that game so many times that 
Because those games, those games can get to that point where you just basically try every inventory item on every bloody possible thing. Yeah. Like, you get to that point, then you need to step away from the game and have, like, a day without it, and you come back fresh. Like, oh, yeah, of course, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, totally, yeah. And they can get really abstract, the puzzles, which is where it can be a bit annoying. <laughs> I don't know how to think them up, I really don't. Mm. Me neither. Another game, uh, a good one, which I've got, but strangely enough, I never played it, is uh, Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango, again, I've never played it, but really highly regarded. As, that, that was a, one of the uh, 3D ones, wasn't it? Yeah. A uh, I, I, chap I used to work with, um, he recommended it, because he, he knew I liked adventure games. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, yeah. I went and bought it, and um, this was about, this was probably around about 10, 12 years ago. And yeah. I put it in, played it for five minutes, and thought, yeah, that was really good. And then, for some reason, never, ever went back to it. I don't know why. I don't know a lot about it. I know you, you play as like death or something. You yes, it's yeah. yeah, some sort of weird creature. It's like yeah, I think it's um, maybe well, Grim, Fan, Grim, um, Grim Reaper, I would imagine. So it's yeah. Grim Fandango. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that game. Actually, I'm probably going to end up uh, looking at that. That was on my list of games that I wanted to play. Yeah. Again, everybody who you ask who played that really rates it. It's a lot. Yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, I don't. I've still got a disc there, so, and I have got DOS box, so I might try and get it fired up. Yeah, you can configure yeah. it okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that one's been on Steam or anything, or good old games, so I'll take a look. I don't have the disc for that one. Cool. Uh, I do, I've got a disc, but... Anyway, um, any more adventure games that you want to mention before we end up talking about the adventure games for the full stream? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to end up filling up the entire stream with adventure games. Um, no, I'll probably leave it because I could go on and on for another time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the next game, uh, you might have to educate me on this one. I'm not too sure on it. Yeah, it's, uh, that's okay. Total Annihilation. Total Annihilation, yeah, it's from 1997. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not massively into my real-time strategy games. It's not really a genre that I'm hugely obsessed with. I did play bits of Command & Conquer back in the day. I mean, who didn't? Um, but Total Annihilation is one of the few real-time strategy games that I really, really love, and I, I could still play to this day. Mm. Basically, the premise is it's set like, in space, and uh, the way it works is that you operate as a commander, who's like your main, your main robot, like Optimus Prime. And uh, you, you, you fight against each other, and you have missions, but if the commander gets blown up, you lose, and uh, that's game over for you. But it's just a really, really inventive real-time strategy. I love the concept of having the commander and not having a set base you can move him around and things. Mm-hmm. You kind of have unlimited resources in the game, so like based on energy and on metal extraction. So you use like solar panels to extract metal, and, uh, to extract sun, not metal. That's really bad. <laughs> Science fail. Um, so there's unlimited resources. It's just about how fast you can set up your base and how quickly you can get your units out. Um, but just that game just clicked with me, and um, I think that it's really, really highly regarded amongst lots of real, real-time strategy fans. Um, I've done a few gameplay videos of this on my channel. I did a little bit of multiplayer with one of my housemates. Cool. It's a great multiplayer game. But I remember back in the day, my computer had, I think it had 32 megabytes of RAM, which is sounds like absolutely nothing. <laughs> and the, this was a really impressive game back then because there were huge um, like 16-player maps or something ridiculous, and they required 64 megabytes of RAM. So when I originally owned it, I never actually got to play it in its full capacity or see what it was uh, oh. capable of, but obviously I can do that now. Um, <laughs> They released uh, a sequel to it. I think it was called K- 
Kingdoms, Total Annihilation Kingdoms or something. And that was like slightly different. It had like a fantasy theme and I wasn't up for that. I wanted it all to be about the robots. I to be Optimus Prime and shoot the hell out of everything. But now they're, um, you know how Steam does these Kickstarter things for like Greenlight games? There's yeah. now um, Planetary Annihilation, which is still in the development stages, but it is released. It's 40 quid though, I think, so I didn't buy it. But they're basically taking it big scale. Um, so you can play like between planets now with hundreds of multiplayer people and it looks like it's going to be really really cool so when that game's finished i'll probably end up playing it it's just a really really cool concept i like the name total annihilation it sounds like a good name for for an an album for a heavy metal album maybe maybe prog rock album (laughs) you can tell you're going to get a good game when it's called total annihilation yeah that could be my youtube name total annihilation (laughs) makes it sound pretty fearsome though yes annihilation Welcome to Total Annihilation with me, JL76. (laughs) Got a good ring to it. You'll need a heavy metal soundtrack if you're doing that, though, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Never played that one, then? Never played Total Annihilation? No. no. Are you big on real-time strategy games in general, or not? Not really. I can't think if I've played games like that. You played Command and Conquer? No. The only thing I can think of... uh, and I don't even know what it is. A game I used to play with uh, against my brother, which was kind of turn-based, and it was um, Battle Isle. Not, not heard of it. Yeah, um, it did you know that there is a, a real-time strategy on the Sega Mega Drive game? Uh, the real-time strategy game on the Sega Mega Drive? No, what's that? Herzog's Y, it's called. Ooh. And it's not a very well-known game, actually. Um, it's in my collection. I'm going to do a gameplay video of it soon. But um, it's like early beginnings of, well, possibly even StarCraft. I think StarCraft takes a heavy amount of influence from it. Um, yeah, it's a pretty unknown game on the Sega Mega Drive there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I keep getting my ass kicked when I play it, so that's why I'm not in the gameplay yet. It's pretty painful watching someone just get defeated over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. happens a lot with my stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel your pain. <laughs> I remember someone complained once about I was playing a game really awfully. And uh, I was like, well, that's, you know, what you see is what you get, really. And Steve, by the way, defended me. He like, you know, it gives that authenticity. It just fits the game. It's like a real gaming experience. Can't yeah. be good at everything. I mean, I just want to show off games, really, not show off my my abilities. Same here. I I used to say things in my commentaries. I've not said it for a long time, but I used to say, um, disclaimer: if you're here to see how to play yeah. the game, uh, then stop watching it now because you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I going to teach you. That. I'm not going to teach you anything here because <laughs> I'm gonna... <laughs> I think people have to just take the point, don't they? Rather than yeah. Just... But yeah. And it's very very hard to speak and play at the same time as well. Oh like, yeah. As soon as I'm doing that, my mind goes to gibberish. Yeah, there's yeah. certain kind of games you can do it, but when I was trying to do that super hand on uh, video response to yourself, yeah. it's like, ah. <laughs> so you're in a competition there as well. Yeah. So, yeah, even more pressure. Yeah, that um, Battle Oil game I was talking about, it's, it's basically it's a turn based tactics computer game. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's the same kind of genre as you're talking about, but it's, it was uh, developed by Blue Byte Software. Mm-hmm. Um. The YouTube, the YouTube, the Wikipedia page for it is not very accurate. It's like the list date, nineteen ninety one to two thousand one. Which is it? <laughs> Just vaguely somewhere in that ten yeah. year period there. Yes. Yeah. Developed in the nineteen nineties, babe. <laughs> when? <laughs> it was Maybe like, you should, do you want to write the article? You'd be famous. No, I don't know. I can't remember what year it was. I don't remember until about it. I think it was roughly about the 90s, which is exactly what it says here. Was it somewhere between 91 and 2001? Then? I think it was, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the closest they've got to playing that kind of game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As I said, I'm not massive on those types of games myself. But uh, now and then, you know, some special games will uh, pique my attention. Total Annihilation is one of them. 
another genre that people love, which I've never got into as well, is RPGs. They just don't do it for me. Really? Yeah. Any, any type of RPG? Any type of RPG. Okay, wow. That's... I, I just think... I don't know. I, maybe I've just not got the, the brain to, to process or something. But I, just, I think you have to be a certain type of person. And yeah. You definitely have to be pretty patient. Like, some of the long-winded Japanese RPGs, you know, I don't have the patience for either. Yeah. And I think that, you know, some people like just fiddling with statistics and changing magic and stuff. And yeah. that's the side of it that I find a bit tedious myself, actually. Um, but I've got a. I'm very picky with which ones I play now. They've got to be pretty entertaining and fast-paced. Yeah, I suppose it's quite ironic in a way when one of my favourite games is Football Manager, which is nothing but grand. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's all about cheating with stats, isn't it? Yeah, but I find where with Football Manager, um, the PC version it got too yeah. much, and then I've not played the PC version for a year. It just gets more and more added on. In terms yeah, of it's, yeah. It's just don't get me wrong; it's, it's good to have all that, but it's just yeah. it's too much. But you still want a game at the end of the day, not a exactly realistic yeah. experience, don't you? Yeah, the last time I played it, um, I think I spent about two hours and I hadn't even progressed a day in the game yet. It was just like, <laughs> you hadn't even designed yeah, it like, sort of how much you're going to charge for hot dogs in the Yeah, stand. it's like, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll set up, uh, I'll set up um, Lin- Linfield um, in Northern Ireland, I'll set them up as my feeder club, uh, I'll have them, I uh, can have Albion Rovers as my second feeder club. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, <laughs> Maybe a true story. One of my brother's friends at university, he was Hungarian or something, and uh, he, he was into the Hungarian league or something like that, and he designed a, a, he designed and sorted out one of the kits accurately for the team, and, and he got put into one of these games somewhere. Like he got a free copy of the game or something, and uh, something like that. He designed a, kit, a football kit? He, he, he basically updated like some of the details for the game, and inclu- including how the kit was supposed to look. Oh. And uh, he ended up getting, like a, I think, a mention in the game. And they used some of his stats and some of his... That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it's something like that. Anyway, yeah. I've never really been into those football manager games. They're like, way too slow for me. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it when it was in the mid-90s. Uh, championship managers, it was just really, really basic, but really, really addictive. It was, and the games themselves, I mean, I've played... Championship Manager 93 again recently and the games themselves took about a minute <laughs> you could just fight five yeah. the seasons and four seasons of that game yeah um, can't really do much managing in a minute can you no How about David Moyes standard managing there <laughs> oh poor David Moyes uh, <laughs> I'm not going to start I'm, 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 support, I'm behind him you know I'm going to stick behind him yeah my United fan yes I am yes. Yeah, yeah I was at the Olympiacos game a couple of weeks back and yeah, uh, yeah. See, see it's, it's strange for my United fans because they're not used to this. They're not, they're We're not used, used to it. We don't know what's happening. Yeah. You, you're used to constant success. Exactly. I think it's it, it's fair. It's our turn, you know, to find out what it's like to yeah. stick behind your team and watch some really boring games. And, uh, you know, everyone has their turn, don't they? Yeah, in some ways, I'm going through the same thing with Rangers. Yeah. Uh, rele- relegated direct to the bottom. Yeah. And they're uh, walking their way back up. And it takes a while to turn things around, you know. It's not going to be a quick fix for United either. It's going to be, you know, I think, you know, you're looking at a year or so. Do you think David Moyes is out of his depth? I did say that on, on Harry, uh, what was it, the Bendit like Yakum. Yeah. I think that he seemed quite tactically naive when he first came. But um, I did add the caveat that I think it's still very early days. He needs time. He needs time. So, um, and, and actually in the Champions League, we've been playing all right. Yeah, I think I think they've got to game at least one more season 
Oh, absolutely. We can yeah. see what happens in the transfer window as well. So, yeah, I'm not going to slag him off. I'll stand by my manager. I think he has made some tactically naive decisions at times. Yeah. And Fellaini, I think, is a waste of money. But, uh, mm. yes, I don't want to divert things to football too much. Yeah, well, yeah, that happened on Gaskett's episode as well. <laughs> um, so I think, to be fair, just to finish it up, though, um, it is always going to be a tough act replacing Fergie. No matter who can win, it's going to be hard, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And there's always going to be a change for the players and for the for the fans as well. Yeah. Anyway, we better move on from football. Um, <laughs> if we have to, yeah, we watch the next game. And this is an interesting one because I played the yeah. first, I played the first one of this. Um, okay. Yeah. So you can let me know what new features are on the second one. Uh, Little Big Adventure Two, you've picked. Little Big Adventure Two. This... Oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, my bad. I'm thinking of Little Big Planet. Carry on. Little Big Planet, yeah. yeah which is definitely ripped off the name, hasn't ig- it? Ignore that last part. Little Big Adventure 2. I've not played the first one. Carry on. <laughs> this this is one of the best games ever made. Fact. Okay, that's opinion. Um, it's, it's, it's just so good. It's an adventure game. 1997. One of the first fully 3D adventure games that I'd ever played. And it's just really, really endearing. I don't know how to describe it other than endearing. It's, uh, you play as Twinsen on this kind of little island. It's really cute, and you've got a wife, and you've got a pet dinosaur called Dinofly that can fly around. And firstly, the thing about this game, the, most thing, the thing that stands out the most is probably the music. The music is just amazing. And there's like a Facebook fan group about this game, and everyone's always going on about the music to it. <laughs> it was a proper CD-ROM adventure game, so they, you know, they did a proper soundtrack, and they had voice acting and things. Admittedly, a little bit cheesy, and it's you know it's like it's like a three D adventure game. You kind of go around. There's some puzzles. You do you do like quests and things. And uh, most of your attack system is is pretty interesting. It's based on a magic ball that you throw at stuff. Yeah. You power it up to do magic, and it hits into things and bounces back at you. And it also uses like a, a mood system. So there's like four moods: like sneaky, angry, normal, and something else. And you have to switch switch between those depending on the situation. So if you want to be stealthy, you need to put it into the stealth mood, sneak past people. If you want to go in hitting into people, you want to use aggressive. And uh, it, it just really, really made a big impression on me. And um, this is a game that there's a huge amount of pressure to make um, a sequel to. The people want Little Big Adventure 3. We want it so bad. <laughs> Actually, I think I have played the first one because I recognise it. I recognise yeah, it. Yeah, there was a, there was one that was back in the day of PlayStation One. Um, yeah. I don't think Little Big Adventure Two came out on anything except for PC. But the first game right. was on the um, PlayStation One. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was PC only. Yeah, yeah. PC only. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what a game this is! I've actually played it two or three times, um, nearly all the way through. And it works pretty well with DOSBox. If anyone's not played it, I would strongly recommend that you give this a shot. Um, the thing is, like I said before, it is, it is um, early 3D. So, you know, the graphics are a little bit wearing. But it's really impressive, the environments that they had. You know, they have, like, proper islands. They have sea. They have environmental effects, rain and stuff. So, you know, it's, it is pretty good for its time. Yeah, interestingly, published by Electronic Arts. Electronic Arts, yeah, who are now... Does everybody hate electronic arts now? I can't remember. I think people hate EA Sports. Oh, EA Sports, yeah. yeah. Well, those, that was because of all of their um, their business tactics, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it was developed by um, Adeline Software International. Adeline, yeah. Never heard of them. I was going to say, isn't that the ones that made Flashback? But that was Delphine. Mm, yeah. I don't know of any of the games that those guys made, except for this. 
Well, I could find out because yeah, have a quick look. This, this, yeah. you know, it's just a bit of a masterpiece. Some some games, things just just seem to pull together, and I guess it's the characters, the music, the environments, and uh, yeah, that's the way it feels. The you way get to go to a wizard school and learn how to be a wizard. Ooh, cool. Uh, they went they went a similar way to a lot of um, great games companies. They're now defunct. Yes. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Right, they only had five games. Um, okay. Well, well, actually four, because the last one was cancelled. Yeah, so the, obviously... That was Little Big Adventure 3, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Little Big, <laughs> Little Big Adventure 1 and 2, yeah. obviously. Time Commando. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. And Motor Racer Advance. No, so they tried to hand at racing games as well, did they? Yeah, on the Game yeah. Boy Advance, hence the name. <laughs> oh, right. That's a very unusual spread of games and consoles, isn't it? Yeah. I thought they'd just try a punt at a handheld. And the game that got cancelled was a game called Flashback Legend. Hmm. Oh. Ah. Is, that, is that related to Flashback? That Inter- you were Inter- about? That's interesting. I said I thought that was the people that made Flashback, because it is related to that. Okay. Um, flashback. Ah, that's what's happened. Um, I think they were originally developing the, the game, the follow-up to Flashback, called Fade to right. Black. But okay. uh, that Fate of Black released in 1995 by Delphine Software International. Canst- ah, canst- ah, that's what Fate of Black was a sequel by mm-hmm. Delphine, and this company that um, were, were they were making the sequel to Fate of Black, and then they went bankrupt. That's what happened. I remember Fate of Black. Yeah, that that's was a, a 3D. Um, Third person shooter on it PS4. Was, yeah, I was yeah. Just, uh, it was on PC as well. I was, I was, just, I was disappointed with it. I mean, after playing Flashback. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I did actually play that. I think I had a demo to it or something on the PC. Yeah, I had a demo of it as well. Yeah, it was, it was quite a, it was quite a good idea to make it 3D like that. But it's uh, I so that game was a follow up to Flashback. Fade to Black was a follow up to Flashback. Yes. Right, I did not know that. Okay, yeah. interesting. And then this company, as I said, it's went bankrupt. Uh, yeah. We're supposed to be making the, the next follow-up, and then they went bankrupt. So okay, that's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame because it's actually a really, really well-regarded game among people who have played it. Um, I guess just not everybody has. Of course, the the game that came out before Flashback, which Flashback was a follow-up to, was um, Another World. Another World. Yeah, I've heard of that. I don't think I've played it though. Don't think I've played it either. I, I might have. Played it briefly, but not too much. Was that a Mega Drive game? Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was on Mega Drive and Amiga. And mm. let's see, another world. Yeah. Wikipedia is my friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. On the fly Wikipedia, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Shouldn't say that I do that at work, should I? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we, we get into trouble and work for using our mobile phones too much. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, isn't it? Checking my YouTube video, checking my YouTube channel, sorry, at work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm usually talking to somebody on Facebook. Uh, Another World, US Gold, I was out for mm. Amiga, Atari ST, yeah. uh, Apple, DOS, SNES, Mega Drive, 3 Oh, cool. I'll check that out. I'll have a look at some videos of that later, I think. Yeah. Mobile, iOS, Android, Steam. Nice. Yeah. So we've actually kind of come full circle here and linked up flashback to Little Big Adventure. Uh, completely by accident. <laughs> that, 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 worked quite that, well. that worked out very well. Yeah. A bit of on-the-fly Wikipedia-ing. Mm. Yeah. Good. Okay, so game number seven, um, obviously I've heard of it, but 
You're not going to be appreciating now that these are all RPGs, are you? <laughs> no, that, well, that's, people have come on and done RPGs. It, I don't... It's, it's, it's your games. Um, I'm just here to let you talk about your games. That's <laughs> that. Um, but I've never, I've never played uh, one of these games in my life. Um, Pokemon Blue. Pokemon Blue. Yeah. 1999. A bit later than I thought it was actually. This this game is huge for me. This is probably yeah. This is the first game I ever spent more than a hundred hours on, which is a hell of a long time, especially especially for a kid. I should be out playing with my friends and things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> It it just it was a it was an obsession. It was crazy. I mean, it's also one of the first games where the where the multiplayer thing was actually really a, a a really big integral part of the experience. So, you know, a lot of my friends had Pokemon cartridges, and they made you know the red and blue ones so you could get different Pokemon that you could trade. And it just became an addiction. So I would spend all my time playing it. I would trade Pokemon with my friends. We'd do battles. Whenever we'd go on trips, we'd end up taking our Game Boys and our Link cables and like <laughs> sit in the back of the car battling each other. And um, I guess I chose, you know, the, the franchise has been going on for a bloody long time now. I thought I chose Blue because this was the first one and it was the one that made the biggest impact because it hadn't been done before. And it was actually a very impressive big game for a, for a handheld device, you know, a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could collect 150 Pokemon on it and uh, I suppose it was just something innovative. And it did tie in with my obsession with the, with the, with the uh, cartoons and things at the time. You know, it was just... It all came together. I collected the cards and everything. I was just a massive nerd for Pokemon, which I'm embarrassed to say now, but never mind. <laughs> Not at all. Um, but they just, they, just, they just pitched it perfectly for kids to battle and trade and do all that sort of thing. Now, the franchise itself has actually really, in my opinion, not moved on very far since Pokemon Blue. I mean, they brought out Pokemon Gold, which was like a, 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 on the Game Boy Color, and they, you know, they brought things into the color and added a lot more Pokemon. It's like, okay, fair enough, that was still good. But really, in my opinion, since then, they haven't actually done a great deal with it, and they've been rehashing it over and over again. And there's yeah. so many of them out now. Um, you know, the, the story in the game is really basic. It's something crappy, like you're trying to save the world from, some, from the evil Team Rocket, <laughs> and then you beat, the, you beat the Elite Four at the end, and you become a Pokemon Master, which is fine. Okay, it's a crap story. Use it once, maybe even use it twice. But to have a, a series of what, I don't know how many we're up to now, five or six games based on just very, very little story, to me is very disappointing. Uh, and it's an example of a series that started out really, really well. It's actually turned out a bit shit now. Like, I, I, one of the reasons why I bought a, a DS, 3DS was to play the new Pokemon, and nah, I got bored of it and stopped. Mm. But that's not to say that the first Pokemon Blue, you know, Blue wasn't a really, really impressive and innovative game. Was it not a uh, Pokemon released last year? Yeah, Pokemon uh, Y. Pokemon Y, that's X, it, X and, yeah. X and Y, sorry, no, X yeah. and Y, yeah. So I got, I got Pokemon X, and I got bored of it because there was just very little added. I mean, what they've done is they've meant that you can battle with two Pokemon at the same time, and they've added some nice online features. But if you're going to be playing a role-playing game nowadays, it has to have some some proper story for me, or I'll just get completely bored and stop. Yeah. So, yeah. It was always skimpy on the story to start with, but yeah. Anyway, I don't want to tar- I don't want to tarnish the first game because that is great. Cool. And they had like um, you know N64 compatibility as well, so you could play Pokemon, put your Pokemon onto Pokemon Stadium, transfer them across the cartridge there, and battle in full 3D and stuff. So <sighs> yeah, they, they were really cool. clever. They were very clever with the way they did it. And uh, I've got quite a collection of Pokemon games. I've got a. Do you ever play Pokemon Snap on the N64? I've never played a Pokemon game in my life. Yeah. Well, it's a, a photography game. How often do you play a photography-based game? <laughs> A what? Sorry? It's a photography game. You basically go around on the rails taking pictures. 
Oh, right. For the camera of Pokemon in the wild. <laughs> oh, is that, is that like an augmented reality or something? It's just like, a, it's a very interesting idea for a game, and you have to like try and catch the Pokemon in interesting poses to get a better score. Oh, that's and definitely. Like, save, save your pictures onto the cartridge and stuff. That's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. But yeah, Pokemon Blue back in the day. 100 hours of gameplay. <laughs> and uh, they had a special event as well where you could get like Mew, which is like the 151st Pokemon. And uh, I've still got that on my cartridge. Although I remember uh, Monkey Spice did a video about how old cartridges and cassette tapes and things have That's a straight, yeah. certain yeah. lifespan. Yeah. And I've not dared to start up my Pokemon Blue cartridge to see if all those hours of gameplay and my special Mew has gone to waste. Oh, <laughs> that would be tragic. I'll, no. I think I'll try. <laughs> I'll get over it. <laughs> I see this every single week, and I mean it one day I'll do it, but every time somebody comes on this show, I keep meaning to make like a spreadsheet of yeah. all, all the games that people have picked, so they can yeah. see who's picked what, um, yeah. and see, see if there's any trends starting, but I know somebody picked definitely picked Pokemon Green. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would be surprised if after 18 episodes people haven't picked Pokemon. Oh, it's, it's came up quite... I think probably between I think there's the probably the, the, the three top three so far would be like Legends of Zelda. Yeah, Zelda's not, huge, yeah. isn't it? Not always the same one, but Legends of Zelda always pops up. Pokemon always comes up, and <laughs> um, Tetris. Tetris, yeah, really? Tetris, oh, cool. yeah. So many people have picked Tetris. Tetris never really. I mean, I played it a bit of it. It never really caught on with me that much, to be honest. None of those kind of falling block type games did that much. No, I, mean, I don't like in a puzzle game I like. Uh, one of the only ones anyway is uh, Lemmings. I love, love Lemmings. I love Lemmings. Lemmings yeah. is one of the first PC games that I ever played back on my dad's 286 computer. He's like, Two, come on, son, have a look at this. 286 computer. 286, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's, that, that, those are the days. Is that, uh, is that running Windows 3.1? Windows 3.1, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it could run a, you know, it could run things like the first Duke Nukem game and uh, Lemmings and Legend of Larry, <laughs> but uh, it couldn't run a lot else. <laughs> Windows 3.1 was an absolute bloody nightmare, wasn't it? And I can remember how strange it was when Windows 95 came out, and it was like, shit, we're not using DOS anymore. Where do I type? Yeah, I think icons. <laughs> most of the, I'm not a big PC gamer, so. Because I, I always thought there was too much faffing about with PC games. I just like to... There was a lot of faffing in the DOS yeah. days. Yeah, you had to copy yeah. it off the disc and use all the commands. It wasn't exactly yeah. user-friendly, but exactly. if you played it a lot, you got used to it. Yeah, but but, but all, all my PC gaming memories are definitely from DOS-based games. and Maybe, yeah. a, lot, maybe a little bit latterly, latterly with CD-ROM games, but like um, yeah. David Tenko, obviously, but... Uh, I remember just being crazy excited though when we first got like Windows 95 and a CD-ROM drive and a Pentium 90 processor. I yes. thought that was like the best that a computer could ever get. And then the next, then the next thing uh, was like uh, you could copy your CDs. I mean that was oh. well, yeah. yeah I mean CDs. I remember the, the, just the amount of excitement at just having a CD-ROM drive and like uh, what was it, Microsoft then Carter, which is an encyclopedia. Yeah. It's like. Putting that in and like listening to the sound effects and stuff. Like how how that managed to entertain me, I don't know. But it was just <laughs> you and multimedia. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I got a um four eight six. Four eight six. Yeah. My friend had a four eight six, and that that was a little bit better. You could get away with some games that I couldn't run. There's actually a game called it's a golf PGA golf game PGA golf four eight six. Yeah. 
No. That's what the first game I had for it. Specify the processor so you know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I think, I, if I remember correctly, I seem to remember that the, the first Doom game needed a Pentium processor. I, I think so. Cause I remember my friends getting a laptop that, that had a Pentium processor in it, and we could finally manage to get Doom to run on one of our computers, and we'd spent hours playing it. Couldn't believe how good it was. I remember they were trying to make a, make a Doom for the Amiga, but they, they gave up. Oh, right, because of the technical limitations. Yeah. They did ports on a lot of systems, though, didn't they? Yeah. I used to, I used to, um, I used to read a lot of Amiga magazines, and there was... A, there must have gone on for about a year, this... Oh, Doom... All the latest news on Doom, it was coming out. And <laughs> they it, were it was so like, excited for uh, it. We gave up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. Okay, so we're on to the last game. It's no. not the It's went so quick. Another RPG, I think. Is this an RPG? I think it's it another is. RPG, yes. <laughs> what is much? I do. I, I recognise the name, but I, I never played it. But it's and this is getting a bit later on in years. Uh, this is the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Is that how you say it? Morrowind. Yeah. And this is it's still a retro game, but you're right. It's a bit more modern. This game was around my first year of uni when I was playing, and I was back in about 2005 time. And you know, I could have chosen any of the Elder Scrolls games after this. You know, you've probably heard of Skyrim and Oblivion. Oh, yes, Skyrim. Yeah, that, that's the same series as this. And actually, Swifto, oh, okay. Swifto showed one of the earlier ones, Daggerfall, which was still pretty impressive. Mm. But this was, this was a big step up in, in terms of what video games could do, the journey that they could take you on, what you could achieve in it. It was one of the first games that gave me that kind of hair on the back of the neck standing up feeling of just, oh, my God, it's so open. It's like a real world. I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. It's it's an RPG game, you know. You, you it's first person, but they they really you can see that I'm impressed by games that try to make a real world. That was what I liked about Little Big Adventure too, and you know Morrowind just took that a lot further. You could just it was just open world. You go and explore, do whatever you wanted. You could go faffing around in the wilderness. You could do side quests. You could just go and kill people. You could steal. It was just like I was blown away by how amazing it was, and, and it was a pleasure just traveling between cities. Looking at the scenery, looking at the graphics that it was, you know, that were in there. Um, I suppose the, the graphics and, and, the, and the, the geography design of it were just what really blew me away. The, nothing can recreate that feeling of playing Morrowind. Yes. Um, what do you, so you're saying Skyrim is in the same Skyrim, Skyrim is the latest game in that series. Yes. That's actually one yeah. game that I've actually wanted to try. Is that an RPG as well then? I would describe it as an RPG, but it, it's it's different to other types. Um, Skyrim is probably one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, it's amazing. But Skyrim was so good that I booked a week of leave off work. And <laughs> sat there in my underpants, glued to the screen, <laughs> eating what, junk, what not sleeping properly. <laughs> what an image! <laughs> I'm sorry for that image. You're not going to sleep tonight now, are you? <laughs> Okay, I had for l- listeners at home. <laughs> I had sleep in. I had sleep in. I wasn't really in my own pants, but you get the idea. I was just a slob, yeah. and uh, I, I just didn't sleep, and I finished it in like a couple of weeks, and it was just so amazing. Like again, the graphics stepped up a lot for Skyrim, and, and they really did make it beautiful. But you know, I chose Elder Scrolls Three because that was really the first one where it really started to look good. The Daggerfall games don't look so amazing. It's got all those games have got very very good. Um, soundtracks they've got like orchestral scores and uh, the songs are really well known there's some people online doing like jello covers of them and things um but the number of choices you make in the game in terms of the factions you play for the allegiances you make 
what jobs you do. They all influence the outcome and things, and it's just so impressive. But yeah, Skyrim would be a good place to start. If you play that game, you'll, you'll probably get into RPGs, I would have thought. Oh, that's, that, well, people would say that, John, you need to get into RPGs, so I guess I would play Skyrim. Have you got time on your hands, or loved ones, or friends, because you may end up having to say goodbye to them? Mm, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's a thing. Um, no, I've not got time on my hands recently. Um, yeah, it's probably it's, not a good idea to start it, because it'll, it will, if you want to get into it properly, it will eat up a lot of time. Yeah, there's not a lot, there's not enough hours in the day for that. No. As, as a result, recently I've only been sleeping two or three hours a night because I'm that busy. Holy <laughs> oh, crap, buddy, that's not good. No, I know. That's not good. I mean, okay, last night was a bit stupid. I was up to four o'clock watching WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> that was all your own fault. <laughs> yeah, that was my own fault. But, um, um, no, that's the thing with me. Like I've, I've said on one of my um, vlogs not that long ago, that I'm finding it very, really nowadays I actually tend to prefer fast arcadey quick dip in and dip out type games because they don't eat up a lot of time and you can kind of get a, you know get an experience without having to invest lots in it yeah very skeptical of starting uh these big adventure games when i'm so busy because you just end up losing interest or not being able to carry on with them yeah and so that's why i've got a really cheap good quality rpgs because i don't have the time to invest in in rubbish ones yeah It'll be interesting on, fri- on friday i'm due to get a new game and it'll be interesting to see if i've got the time because if i get into it then I might, you might not see any YouTube videos from me for about a month. <laughs> I'll know where you are. It's uh, Football Managers coming out for the PS Vita. Very nice. For the first time ever. And it's the first handheld um, game to have a 3D match engine. Wow, that's pretty impressive. So you'll be, yeah. spending, you'll be playing that at work, won't you, under the desk? Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, in fact, I should say right now, this is an announcement. Desert Island Games next week is cancelled. <laughs> 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 I'm going to Football Manager. <laughs> Make some space. <laughs> I've hardly played any games recently. Go, go shopping and get get some supplies, you know, so you don't have to move. Yeah, so, so quite often I take, when I go off work, I don't go on holiday, I just go to play games, so... Yeah, I, know, I, I know exactly yeah, that feeling. It's like you said, it's like, it's like you said there, not, not quite underpants, but I'll tell people, <laughs> people will go, will go oh, you going anywhere nice? And I'll say, no, I'm just going to sit about my jog pants and play games. <laughs> I'm going somewhere nice to the land of Skyrim. <laughs> yes. yes, I'm going to Vice City. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. That might be a nice place to go, I don't know. That's <laughs> what you're after. <laughs> 80s music, I suppose. Oh, I love 80s music. Soundtrack on Vice City, what a game. Yes. So many great tunes on there. I sometimes, if I'm doing something else, I'll stick with Vice City on and listen to music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I, you know, I've not actually got a copy of it that works. I've got two NAS copies I bought secondhand that are scratched to hell. I've lent my copy out when I was younger and didn't get it back. I'm sick of lending people my stuff and not giving uh, it back. I know I that. tried I to buy it. Yeah. I don't lend games out that much any, anymore, but I tried to buy it on Steam and it's shit on PC. Yeah. Have yeah, you have you played um, Vice City Stories? No, I haven't, no. It's, uh, you can get that on the PlayStation 2 and PSP. Okay. It's, it's nice. like additional missions, is it? Or? Um, it's a completely... It's a completely new game, but based in the same, it's basically the same, exactly the same city. Okay. And you, if you've played Vice City, you you know exactly. It's just, it's it's like, you know, in Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah. And you've got like the Bard of Gay Tony and um, yeah, yeah. And um, what's the other one? But the, the motorbike guy, the Lost and Dan. Don't remember the name. Yeah, uh, Johnny. Well, you know how that's basically the same city, but you're playing a new character. 
Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same idea with this the Vice City Stories. Okay, cool. That it's sounds not, like right up my street, actually. It's really, really good. Maybe I'll end up picking that up as well. You're giving me too many games to buy now, <laughs> or to play. When I took over um, Harry X channel last week, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that video where I was playing Vice City Stories. I saw it, yeah. That, that oh, I, you were playing Vice City Stories, were you? I thought you were playing Vice City. No, that was Vice City Stories. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> did watch it. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's going on here? I was like, hang on, it's 1st of April, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It, it was also, it was the 1st of April, and it was also a kind of tie-in with a Retro Online storyline. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I, there's a lot of Retro Online storylines that I don't get, actually. <laughs> yes. I guess I will do if I come on some of the live streams. Exactly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Talk- I'm involved. Talking about Harry Yak, yeah. he said that Harry Yak, he, he likes um, Skyrim, um, and he said um, <laughs> most people in Skyrim sound like Arnie. <laughs> I knew he'd have to get an excuse to do his Arnie yeah. accent. <laughs> yeah. <Arrgh. laughs> oh, and um, actually, he commented earlier on, I've just seen it, but um, he said that your audio is uh, a bit choppy. Um, and I know I, I I was going to mention it because it was it was I was it was very choppy at one point, but it seems to have settled. But, um, uh, I was about to tell you okay. um, something's wrong at your end with yeah. the audio, but then uh, I got distra- distracted and then it got better anyway. So yeah, it was a bit uh, choppy. Sorry about that. How long did uh, it go on for? Um, about five minutes. It was right in the middle okay. of you talking about one of your games, and I didn't want to interrupt you. But um, <laughs> it was pretty. Uh, but I wasn't even sure if it was. You'd end on my end, anyway, be, so... Well, I, you, you've not been choppy for me, so perhaps it's my connection. Yeah. Um, I should have possibly put the long cable into this. Yeah, but it seems to settle down a bit now, so we, you're okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, what else has it said? Yes, it was Harry Yak that picked Pokemon Green. There you go. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, me and, me and Harry Rutherford Yak have got some similar tastes in games as well. Yes. Everybody has these little overlaps of games that they like, and then ones that are completely their, their own, which I like. Yeah, good variety. Indeed, indeed. So that was your last game. Oh, how long did it take you to come up with those eight games? A lot of fun talking about games I love. Yeah, it's it's great. Because... Not too long, actually. I mean, I could have, I could have fiddled around with the list a lot, but I thought I'd just get on with what came into my head. Um, yeah. yeah. You could you could quite easily pick another eight games, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. yes. I could play talk about games all night. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think that's the good thing about this format. It's it's when it's one on one, it just gives you an opportunity to talk about games that you love. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to move on from games. Um, okay. You're going to have a book now. Before you get your book, I touched on this earlier on. Um, you also you don't get a Bible, you don't get a complete works of Shakespeare, but you do get um, a subscription to the Retro Gaming Magazine. Cool. And the complete works of Steve Benway. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what more could I want? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to give Steve Benway if, if he comes on the show. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's already got his complete works. The complete works of T Rex <laughs> I don't think he'd want that, to be honest. I don't know. He's watching it since the beginning, anyway, so he's probably seen them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, so the book you get to pick. Oh, I should say as well before I move on. This is a new thing I've started doing with regards to the games. Um, if you could only save one of those games, which would it be? If I could only save one of them? Yes. I'd have to pick Day of the Tentacle, I think. Good choice, sir. Yeah, it's, I'd have to. It's just, it's just so good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
Don't yeah. worry, I'm not, I'm not really going to take the games off you, but just say next. That's okay. Well, that's two games in one as well, technically, so that's probably the best choice. <laughs> ah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking ahead. Okay, so the... Uh, interesting, because I think somebody's picked this book before. It's based on... Really? This, yeah, Soul Music by Terry Pratchett. That's right, yeah. I'm, I'm sure somebody picked this. <laughs> we need to think of more inventive things, don't we? It was either that, or it was maybe maybe I'll get mixed up. Maybe Chris Shank and I spoke about it on his podcast mm. or something. But yeah. de- I've definitely spoken about it. Anyway, it's Soul Music by Terry Pratchett. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually read quite a lot of books. I try to pick something that people may have heard of before, rather than something obscure. But I've been a really big Terry Pratchett fan since I was in primary school. Um, I read his first book, Color of Magic, in the first year of. of not in the first year of primary school, that'd be ridiculous, but towards the end of primary school, I really loved it, and I've been drawn into the whole Discworld world ever since, really. Um, I find it just, I can really escape into the Discworld, and the characters are really, really funny. I could have probably picked one of a number of books, but I chose Soul Music, because that's maybe one of the funniest ones, and the one that I have the fondest memories of. It's essentially like a ridiculous concept, but... Basically, the idea is that uh, the people in, in the Discworld start to discover rock music, and uh, it just basically follows this new rock band um, on their travels and as they play gigs and things. And, and it's just this sort of funny puns and like slight, uh, you know, bird playing things. So it's called mu- music with rocks in because the, I think the drummer plays a couple of rocks and drums and things. And it's just such a funny book. And I tend to really like the ones that have death in. Death is one of my favourite uh, Discworld characters. He's just like. He, obviously, death is something so bleak. It's like this weird concept of something really bleak with a character that's actually quite nice and <laughs> kind of funny as well. Um, but it's, just, it's a great concept. It combines, combines two of my favourite things, which is fantasy and rock music. You can't get much better than that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk to you about rock music in a bit. Um, ah, <laughs> um, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so, I take it this death character is nothing like the deaf character and family guy then <laughs> <laughs> he basically high fives people and they die <laughs> death, death in the in, in this world is funny he's kind of a contemplative character he's not necessarily mean but obviously he has to follow the rules and take people away to the afterlife but he's a, he's a very interesting character not quite the, like the death in family guy though <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this was a um, doesn't tell you uh I was going to tell you when it came out, but I don't tell you on. Ah, it does. Nineteen ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yeah. So even Maybe your book... to steel sky. Yeah. <laughs> even your books retro as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just pick something modern, don't I? <laughs> I don't think it. No, I've... I don't think it was any rules on whether your books new or old. So, mm. but you picked the retro one anyway. So. I think I think he 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 started publishing his stuff like you know eighties I think it was, and it's really impressive that he's been you know making Discworld novels to this year and especially you know Terry Pratchett's got Alzheimer's disease a rare type of Alzheimer's disease mm-hmm. and he's a very inspiring bloke that he manages to plough on and do what he does best even in adversity for so many years so I really stick by him he's just a great guy yeah I've definitely spoken about this book because I remember researching that and seeing that he had Alzheimer's disease yeah, yeah. yeah it may have been on Chris's show yeah it's, it's yeah. very sad really but he does actually a lot of campaigning now raising money for Alzheimer's and uh, you know that's good. That's a good thing to come out of it I suppose yeah my wife works with a lot of people with Alzheimer's disease oh she's yeah a, she's a carer yeah it's tough my, one of my grandmas uh, passed away in summer and she had quite bad Alzheimer's so yeah I know I know a reasonable amount about it and uh, you know it's, it's very inspiring that Terry does his, does his bit I'd really like to meet him to be honest 
He does sometimes do these fan conventions and get-togethers. Uh, I'd love to meet him and shake his hand. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you've not, have you got anything else to say in the book? No, I'll leave it at that, I think. Yeah, that. yeah. Okay, so your luxury item is, let me get this right, it's a guitar, but it's a it particular is. part of a uh, particular part, particular type of guitar, or particular make, it's a Ibanez, is that how you say it? Ibanez. Ibanez, Ibanez. Ibanez. yeah. Uh, I do know that, I, I do know this make of guitar, I just can't say it. Um, Gem 505. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I first started work, I, I made this this deal in my head that with my first paycheck I would get myself a new guitar because I'd played the, the same guitar for years since I was at high school mm. and so you know I actually didn't do it with my first paycheck I waited around a little while but I saved up some money and this is kind of like to me it's the guitar that I earned I had to work very hard to get it now Ibanez guitars are a Japanese make and they're, they're kind of really beautiful handcrafted guitars for heavy metal players they've got very low action and they're for shredding and things on and the, the gem series are Joe Satriani um no, they're not. They're Steve Vai. They're Steve Vai signature guitars. Mm. And uh, he kind of puts his seal of approval on them. And it's just a beautiful guitar. It's the guitar that I used to record. I don't know if you were watching back then, but I, my old intro had a bit of a metal song on it, and the one before that did as well. I've, I've, but, I've, I've heard it, yeah. Yeah, those are both recorded using the Ibanez, using the gem. And I don't know, it's just a, I just love my guitars. The thing is, I'm so tempted to buy more. It's like, it's a bit of an addiction. It's like, where do I put them all? <laughs> I've got about three or four, including the bass. I've got a guitar. Yeah? I can't play it, but I've got one. <laughs> You've got one anyway. Well, yeah. you, you can always learn. Well, this is when I'd done the pilot for this show um, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it was just myself putting games and stuff. And my, yeah. my album was uh, a guitar, and I learned how to guitar, play guitar video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just a basic guitar. It, basically, I was playing guitar, a lot of Guitar Hero, and it, it, it I love Guitar Hero. That's yeah. the great thing about Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero made people want to pick up an instrument. Exactly, so. exactly. So I got my wife to buy me a guitar for Christmas in 2009, and I've touched it about twice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. not, the only reason I don't touch it is because I don't know how to play it. I just need to, I just need to be yeah. go and get, get taught how to play it. I mean, guitar is a great instrument because you don't need to be technically or classically trained. It's, it's, it's the people's instrument that you can just pick up. If you learn three chords, you could probably play a very large number of songs. Well, you could play the whole uh, status quo back catalog. <laughs> Absolutely. Or even status quo. I can't believe they've made their whole career on basically those chords. Well, uh, I love a bit of quo. I was laughing. Uh, I bought um, I bought the latest edition of Metal Hammer magazine. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I was laughing. I was looking at the advert for um, Download Festival and Sonosphere. Yeah. I look at. I can't remember which way about it is, but. Status quo or playing downloads. <laughs> like, That's funny. It's like, you know, it's like your third top villain on the You're going to have a load of like, middle-aged rockers there like, uh, wearing their denim jackets and a load of younger moshers going, what the like, hell? It's like, yeah, Limp Bizkit and now status quo. <laughs> That's the right shock to the system, that, isn't it? This is how real rock and roll music's done, kids. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't fit. 20 years ago, at a push, maybe... Maybe. I remember when I went to see Judas Priest at the Apollo in Manchester not that many years ago, and I was like the only person there that was under 45, I think. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, good times. But, but, but what I found even funnier, and I actually laughed out loud, and I was like, what are you laughing at? I said, I don't believe this. Sonosphere. Yeah. Guess who's playing at Sonosphere? Um, is it going to be someone, is it someone really, really unrock? 
I wouldn't use the word on rock. It's just no, go on. Chaz and Dave. <laughs> Chaz and Dave are playing at Sonosphere. I'm That's not joking. Who uh, <laughs> made choose these films? <laughs> Snickle the peanut tree. Who's headlining out of interest? Uh, I, I, I made him playing this year. I don't know if I'm sure that you're headlining one of the days. Uh, yeah, probably you're playing uh, definitely. Yeah, Metallica, Metallica by right, demand. Yeah. Um, let me see. Okay. I love that by demand set where you can just ask the set list yourself. That yeah. is cool. I went to see Wheatus in Manchester. I'm a bit of a Wheatus fanboy. And they basically just let us shout out the songs we wanted to hear. And I love it when bands are just so comfortable with their back catalogue that you can just ask for something and they play it. That's interesting. Wheatus, when you're into a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah, I, I've got a very big... Uh, I just like I like guitar music. But uh, I think Wheatus, I liked them when I was younger, when they released Teenage Dirtbag. And obviously they mentioned Iron Maiden, so I was into it. Ah. But actually, Wheatus, I, I, I stick by them because of because they're actually a very tenacious band. They had that one massive single that everybody knows them for, and they got dropped off Sony the next year. And they made an album called Suck Phony, a.k.a. Fuck Sony. And um, they've just basically carried on doing it all independently, off-label. And I really admire that kind of, uh, you know, just, just cracking on and doing music because you love it, regardless of the fact that they actually had a really rough time with Sony. Yeah. And uh, one of the guitarists in my band was actually signed to Sony with one of his old bands called Fear of Music. Cool. And uh, he had a similar situation of getting dropped. But I just think uh, Wheatus are inspiring. They're a band that followed their dreams. I've met, I've met Brendan, Brendan Brown a few times. Uh, yeah, twice. Got a photo with him, actually. Excellent. He's a nice guy. They come to the UK loads. They tour really, really well. I do, I do like Teenage Dirtbag. I'll see that's a guilty pleasure. That's classic, <laughs> isn't it? It's yeah. classic. Yeah. But, but here we go. This, this is a line-up for um, Sonosphere. Um, yeah. So on the Apollo stage, I guess that's the main stage. Friday, the Prodigy headlining. I mean, I'm not actually massively into the, the Prodigy. I, I, um, it's not really, it's not really metal or rock, but I, I, I get the idea. Yeah. Um, Lunt Biscuit are playing before them. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. <laughs> Band of Skulls. Band of Skulls, mm. kind of indie stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Garden Yeah. It's strange, and a couple of bands I've not heard of. Saturday. Iron Maiden. Oh, it is Maiden. Yeah, 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 indeed. I've seen yeah. Maiden four times now. That is... See, I've, I've seen most of my favourite bands, and I think there's two main ones that I've not seen. Iron Maiden and Kiss. Yeah. And who? And Kiss. Kiss, yeah. Yeah, K- yeah Kiss toured a couple of years ago, actually. Yeah, yeah. but... Oh, my mate... I was... He tormented me. He'd, he'd, got, he'd got a ticket... I think it was down in Sheffield. he got a ticket. Mm. He had two tickets... He said, yeah. oh, listen, um, I'm not getting anybody to get a ticket to what's going down with me. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. last, last minute, it was like, oh, sorry, I'll take my girlfriend now. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, uh, You're you not know, the saying, bros, bros before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Got it. But anyway, uh, he'd he, he just started going out with his girlfriend at that time. I think if the same situation happened now, I would, I would come first. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But made, made in a, one of the best live bands ever. I mean, I saw them at Twickenham in Twickenham Stadium and it was just for the 50,000 fans who just all going mental it was crazy best gig of my life I couldn't hear for two days I tell you who else was at the Twickenham gig yeah Novabug was Novabug at the Twickenham, Twickenham Maiden gig he just yeah he just <laughs> he, he just Facebook me saying he's been to AC and I've been twice and he was at the Twickenham one he said it was oh, that's a that's a straight it's a small world yeah, so, no way that I would have been able to see him in fifty thousand fans there. <laughs> you know it's it's strange that because um, I've got I've got a similar one. Uh, I was at the Metallica gig 
Metallica gig in Sheffield in 2009. And yeah. guess, guess who was at that same gig? <laughs> Go on. Harriac? No, Infected Flinch. Infected Flinch was there, was he? Uh, yep. That is really weird. Yeah. I guess we all like metal and yeah. video games. We're all being drawn together by metal, <laughs> metal gigs and... Point-and-click <laughs> adventure games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was Anthrax is playing on Saturday as well. Anthrax, yeah. I'm never, never, never massively into them. I'm not hugely into my thrash stuff. I've seen uh, Megadeth a few times, but uh, yeah. I've seen Megadeth as well. Uh, Sunday, Metallica. Uh, Alice in Chains. Yeah, Alice in Chains are all right. One of my favourite bands playing on Sunday as well, Airborne. Airborne, yeah, those guys are they Australian? Australian, yeah. Australian, yeah. They're, yeah, I absolutely love them. I've seen them, I've seen them numerous times. They're absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, they're very cool. So basically, they're basically like a ACDC clone. So, yeah. Shut up, yeah. my cat's me on. I do apologise. Hello, cat. The cat is agreeing with you. Yeah, right there, but... yeah. <laughs> the studio, the studio cat. <laughs> uh, now the Saturn stage. This must be the, the small stage. And the Saturn, yeah. there's nothing on a Friday, but on Saturday, Slayer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. There's a couple of a couple of bands that run before Slayer, and then uh, before on the same stage on the same day, Slayer and Chaz and Dave. <laughs> Those two people should never be on the same stage ever. <laughs> Maybe they'll do a bit of a mashup, Chaz and Dave. Oh, and that would be awesome. <laughs> I'd, I'd pay to um, see that. <laughs> yes, we've got um, on Sunday. We'll get Dream Theater. Dream Theater's a phenomenal band. Yeah. Really good band. I love Dream uh, Theater. And the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, the Dropkicks, those guys are cool as well. Yeah, my friend used to love Dropkick Murphys. It sounds like a really good lineup. That's a great lineup. I mean, I wouldn't have thought you'd get Dream Theater and all this there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why I just see Dream Theater. They changed their drummer now, though. I think Portnoy got sacked, didn't he? Or he left, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I've got John, I've got John Petrucci uh, guitar pickups in my Ibinus, so I can get that John Petrucci Dream Theater shredding sound. Cool. For those of you who, bought, who care about that kind of thing. Uh, and there's another another stage um, called the Bohemia, and there's a lot of bands on Friday that I've not really heard. Although that, this is an awesome name, Fuckface Unstoppable. <laughs> they've got they've used the prog band generator to get that name. Yeah, Face T Rex. Yeah, we'll get. But Saturday, um, Sisters of Mercy. Yeah, don't they an old 80, 80s uh, hair metal band? Oh, is that? Oh no, I think it's Twisted Sister. Um, oh, no, so, so, so am I, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we're not going to take it. Yeah. yeah. No, that... we're going to take you. <laughs> I wish it was them. Yeah, that would be a hard to see them. Um, New Model Army? Nope, no idea. I've heard of them. Um, no I'm feeling old now. Sebastian Back? Nope. I've heard of him. Um. I don't recognise any of their stuff from that. Still, so they've got some yeah. pretty damn good big bands, haven't they? Unconfirmed so far, Black Spiders. Yeah? Yeah. So, so there you go. It's, uh, I'd, uh, I should see Metallica someday, probably. Oh, Metallica were awesome. And yeah, you know, I should see them. Do you know what I love about that as well? There's a website, um, Live Metallica. It's official um, um, concert website yeah. of Metallica. Yeah. And you can download any Metallica gig ever. Really? More, so more, rec- more or less, yeah. They record them all. Yeah. Well, the the early ones, um, the early ones are bootlegs, but okay. they started. Uh, I think it was around about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. They started doing it themselves. So it's proper quality. Yeah, it's proper quality. That's so, so good. So you can get, you can see the exact gig that you were at. So yeah, maybe. pretty much. That's what I was going to say. Uh, I've got Watch the exact. I've got. I've got the exact. Well, it's not video. It's audio. 
But oh, just audio. Yeah. Fine. But how good is that concert I was at? That's very cool. That's it's really cool. So yeah. much. It's so good for bringing back memories. Just stick it on. Oh, I was at that gig. I remember to say that. I'd love to do yeah. that with Twickenham. Twickenham yeah. was just an electric gig. You know, it's nothing yeah. quite like it. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Got a couple of comments here actually talking about um, Twickenham. Yeah. You just reminded me. Uh, Chris here, oh Nova Bug. He's got a question for you. Mhm. Did he? He's asked. <laughs> well, he said, fuck, Ben was at Twicker's small world. Uh, but he asked, uh, what did you think of Within Temptation? Uh, they supported Maiden at Twicker's, apparently. Oh, they did, didn't they? I remember I remember there were two support bands. There was Event Sevenfold, who I really liked, uh, like quite a lot. And Within Temptation, I don't think I enjoyed. I seem to remember people were throwing a lot of lagers at the stage. <laughs> I, can't re- I can't remember. I wonder what he thought. <laughs> I was actually, by that point, I was so excited to see uh, Maiden that I can't remember Within Temptation. I only remember Revenge Sevenfold. I remember that talking about, about that Metallica gig as well. It was uh, Machine Head that supported them. Oh, I mean, Machine Head are pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. That was a good gig. They're very heavy, those guys, aren't they? Yeah, I was very, very drunk. <laughs> yeah. I was really pissed at Twickenham as well, actually. I got in a fight with this old guy that started elbowing me. <laughs> It's all in good jest. You've got to get in a bit of a fight at a gig, haven't you? It's probably Scott Gonsal's now because he said he's here with people at the front of gigs. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, talking about guitars and music and stuff, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try, I don't know if it's going to work, but um, I apologise what you said. I asked you to say it to if you get any clips that you want me to play. Yes, um, yeah. I forgot to upload it to the old uh, Blog Talk Radio Studio. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to try and get it on my iPad and pull it up. All right. Yeah, let's see if we can do it. Um, cool. And if it comes up really loud and bust your eardrums, I apologise. <laughs> um, I've not got much eardrums left anyway, to be honest. No, nah, me neither. <laughs> so, right, here we go. I think I'm going to play it. Possibly, maybe. Oh. Suspense. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Download. I need to download it first. All right, you can download it. Ah, right, I think it may be coming. Stand suspense. Stand by. Ah, I can play it now. Right. Here we go. That was awesome. That's the one. So that a little was, bit of shredding. That was your own bit of your own composition. Yeah, that's actually uh, my first. No, my second. My second intro had a clip, which was a riff taken from that song. Um, the song is, is basically a full full metal song called Wrath of God. It's not got any vocals, but uh, yeah, I took little bits of it for my YouTube channel. Um, I actually I actually made a video of me playing along all the guitar parts in like one of those multi-paneled thingies that I'll I'll post on my Gmail for anyone who wants to see it. I did post it a while ago actually, but uh, maybe no one saw it. I'll post it again. But yeah, um, that's that's all me actually. I'd, I'd recorded, I'd programmed all the drums myself and things because uh, I used to be in a bit of an 80s metal band. I still got the leather pants in my wardrobe actually. Oh, is, is it is it 80s hair 80s hair metal? 80s hair metal. Oh. I don't have any hair. I don't have any hair anymore. <laughs> Oh, you could be bald metal. You could you could wear a wig. Yeah, I've got I've got I've got a wig and some um, leather pants in my wardrobe, and I remember going on an eighteen night out in them. Trying to get out of those bad boys at the end of the night was really unpleasant. 
It was like, have you surgically removed from them? <laughs> Chris said, yeah. Chris said he found within temptation great. He got the stuff ever since. Right, I, I, yeah. to be honest with you, I'm, I, I really can't remember, so probably um, well, blasted them. Oh no, actually I remember what it was. It was when I saw Maiden the first time. I think it was Funeral for a Friend that was supporting them. Mm-hmm. And that was the band that got absolutely shat on. And people were chucking lager at them and <laughs> sticking their fingers up and everything. Okay. That was what I was thinking of. With Intentation, I couldn't remember. I'll check them out though, Chris, yeah. Yeah, he said that him and his brothers were also pissed. In fact, his brother was in the mosh. Yeah, I was in the mosh. You gotta be. <laughs> He's here, mate. All the final countdown, rather fitting. He says, <laughs> "Just got towards the end of the show." <laughs> well done. That's a, that is a brilliant segue into ending the show. <laughs> yeah, I've still got a couple of minutes yet. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I could play. I wish I could play the final countdown. Play the final countdown. Yeah, I think I'll get done for um, copyright on that. Well, the YouTube pirates yeah. bosses get onto you. Yeah, I think. No, nah, it's too cheeky. I think you should make. <laughs> I think you should make me a a, a bit of music for a, for an intro for my channel. Well, that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, what <laughs> kind of thing do you fancy? Some hair metal or something more chilled? <laughs> something like that. Clip I played a minute ago. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. Harry Axe said to me that uh, somebody I don't know who said that they like really liked the uh, the new theme song, the stupid theme song, and was asking whether I do requests for uh, for uh, intro music. Uh, he didn't tell me. Didn't tell me who it was. It's was probably me. It's probably you. <laughs> I think it was. I think. I think. He, I mean, yeah. He was all secretive about it. He's like somebody likes the music. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think that was me. I think I spoke to Harry. I can work. Yeah. I can work. We'll we'll work on something together. Maybe oh. a Desert Island Games or a JL76 gaming intro. That'd that be funny. Would be awesome. Yeah. I would, I, would, I, I would be forever in your debt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just chuffed to have been invited on the show. To be honest with you, so uh, I'll pay you back uh, with a with a bit of music. <laughs> I'm chuffed you're on. You've been an absolutely brilliant guest. I don't think we've had a bad guest yet. Everybody's... No, all of them have been really good that I've seen so far. It's a very good series. Really, a lot of fun. Everybody loves talking about games that they love, don't they? We could go on all day long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could I could extend this stuff for a show easily. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we could talk about uh, point-and-click games for about two hours. Yes. Uh, then Iron Maiden after that. <laughs> it's, it's strange because every, every single guest I've got on, I seem to have... Even though even though they pick games I've not particularly heard of, I've always got something in common with them to talk about. It's totally yeah, it's, it's it's linked in really well to them. I was very surprised yeah. surprised to hear about their fade to black and flashback and a little yeah. bit of event too. Yeah, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> who knew? I was going to say as well regarding your music. Um, I really really enjoyed your um, big country cover. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Oh god, I'm a I'm a very big 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 country. How many times am I going to say big? Yeah, big big, big, big country, country fan. Um, so am I. Really beautiful music, great band, and uh, yeah, very sad story really as well, isn't it? R.I.P. Stuart Adelson, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. He's a phenomenal musician. And it was really sad to hear what happened with him in the end. Um, it was, yeah. I think he went out to America, didn't he? And he had alcohol problems, and the ba- his bandmates were all wondering where he'd gone, and they were really concerned about him. And yeah, I remember that, yeah. It's often the ways with, with uh, musicians, you know? Yeah. I remember uh, I went to see Gary Moore playing at the Apollo, and his, it was his last ever UK tour before he passed away. I was so glad that I went to see him. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what that happens. One of my mates went to see James Brown. And he said, "Oh, I need to see James Brown before he dies." And far <laughs> enough, it's yeah. later he dies. That's, uh, yeah. that's my logic. A lot of times, I went yeah. to see uh, Black Sabbath uh, before yeah. Christmas as well. They can't, Ozzy can't have that one left in him. <laughs> Although he has actually, he's technically immortal. Um, there's I, one. Of, there's one of my regrets talking about Black Sabbath. Um, 
Somebody also said to me, we need to go and see Dio before he dies. And oh, that's a my, shame. My mates went, and I didn't get a ticket. And then that's he a died, shame. He died that's, that. Nowadays, I'm just like, if it's coming around, I'll go to it, because you never know. And, uh, you know, I, I tried to get tickets to Fleetwood Mac, actually, um, playing a while back, and the tickets just go like hotcakes. Yeah. And I, I put, like, 200 quid down for a ticket and didn't get it in the end. Um, but yeah. when they tour next time, I'm just going to have to. I'll, I'll do something. I'll get in there. Because Fleetwood Mac can't be touring for much longer either. Uh, you know, they're really getting on. Yeah, Dio is my, without a doubt, my favourite singer of all time. Dio is in the top five heavy metal singers ever yeah. to have graced this earth. Yeah. Um, Holy Diver, I love that song. Of uh, Stand Up and Shout, it's a good yeah. one as well. His work with Rainbow as well was really, really good. Yeah, I love it. I've got all, I've, I've even got uh, one of the albums from Elf, which was his band before. Elf, before. the one before Rainbow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's I mean, brilliant. It's just... Just phenomenal for such a short man. He really did have a powerful, powerful voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris thinks you've got some good musical tastes anyway. So. Excellent. And uh, I would have to concur with that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. guys are awesome. Crazy but, to think that he was a him. <laughs> Funny enough, um, talking about big country. One of my, another one of my favourite singers as well. This is a completed because I like Kevin Metal and rock. Mm. But one of my favourite singers is actually um, Mike Peters from The Alarm. Yeah, did um, he spell in Big Country? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. He, he sang with Big Country for a while as well. I've seen, Mike, I've seen Mike Peters sold several times. I've seen Alarm a few times. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen him, he'd done a, he'd done a super group with um, Bobby Duffy mm-hmm. from Tilt and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the, the drummer from The Mission or something. And there's a band that's called cool. Colour Sound. They were, that's one of the best guys I've ever been to, ever been to actually. The Colour Sound, they were brilliant. Okay. Well, I've, mm-hmm. never, I've never heard of them. They had one album out and it was pretty obscure, you know, I don't think it even hit yeah. top, top 100 or anything like that, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but they were really, really good. That's cool. So I've got, I've got games to play and albums to check out now. Yes. <laughs> I'm busy for a week. <laughs> anything, I feel I do this every week, I've got a list as well as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you do keep that spreadsheet, you're going to end up like running out of space. <laughs> yeah, and time. <laughs> and time, yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think we better wrap it up, but um, thanks again, Ben, it's been a pleasure to have you on. No, thanks very much for having me. It's been really fun. Yeah, and we'll work on that project. We'll work on that project and yeah, uh, get yeah. the bit of theme tune. <laughs> yeah, because I need. I think I need a theme tune. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you've got one. Dave's got one. Everybody's got a theme tune these yeah, days. Yeah, I need a theme tune. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's the one miss, missing piece of the jigsaw. That's a theme tune. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Hopefully. Yep. And I've got a bit of pretty much. I, I do this every week. Uh, I've I'm supposed to play it out. I'll go just play that one. That'll do. Anyway, thanks again. And guys, listen, please go and check out T-Rex Space Station's YouTube channel. It's awesome. And as Dave would say, it's sexy biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) So, goodbye. Yeah, see you.